Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Random Town Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And, and I'm Elvis. Oh, hey, Elvis. Hey, Jason. Didn't see you there. I don't know how. I don't know either. You're literally a foot away. But anyway, this episode of the show is called uh, Change of Course because there's, well, one thing is uh, Mario Maker. We're going to be sharing impressions of Super Mario Maker later in the show and it's about courses and you can change them, build them, whatever. Just humor him. Yeah, just humor humor this long explanation of the title. Also, it's a change of course for a lot of things that Nintendo announced, because it's been a weirdly eventful couple weeks. Uh, We know that, for example, Pokemon's now coming to smartphones in a way that no one really expected. We know that Nintendo's a new president. We know that Miyamoto is announcing games willy-nilly, and delaying games willy-nilly. So... (laughs) There's yeah, but that one's late breaking. That one we're recording a day early, and that one just happened like twenty minutes before we started recording. So that's super late breaking. But anyway, we're gonna talk about all of that and have those Mario Maker impressions at the end of the show. So use the timestamps around town.com for this episode to know what we're talking about when. And we should really talk about the uh, the big one, the one that just happened, which is Star Fox Zero got delayed. Oh no. That's how only Jason feels <laughs> yeah, in, in this table. Yeah, I... Uh, to me, it's like... I mean, I want to say I don't care because it's like, oh, I mean, that sucks. I mean, a yeah. Nintendo... A first-party Nintendo game delayed, especially one in the holidays, that's like... Not just one during the holidays, it was their big November game. Yeah, like, it, it's definitely going to feel even more empty, even if I didn't, like, personally, I wasn't looking forward to that game. Like, right. Yeah, it's... Does it's anyone still, really? Me. I guess... You know this. Anyone You really? know this. <laughs> But, uh, I, well, I, I guess it would have been more like, like, oh, I really need a game to play during the holidays. I guess I'll get Star Fox. I mean, now their big holiday game is what? Amiibo Festival? Animal Crossing Amiibo Ooh, Festival? You tweeted. Well, I did tweet that, and now I'm saying it out loud for yeah. double, uh, exposure. Impact, double exposure. And, all, or I guess it could be Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. But the, the thing that's weird to Ooh, me. Ooh, no, that's the game. I don't, that's usually like the second fiddle holiday game. They usually release that in December. It's weird because, like, Xenoblade's still in December, and, and Devil's Third is still in December, but they don't really have anything. I'm going to stop bashing Star Fox. They don't really have anything major in, in November. What? I'm going to stop bashing Star Fox for now. Yeah, I'm sure you'll do it again one day. But, uh. Like you, 10 minutes. Yeah. But, um, but what I was going to say, it's weird because, like, basically Miyamoto put out this statement to those who haven't seen it on Facebook. It's a written statement. It's basically like, yeah, the game's technically done. We could technically ship it, but it's not polished enough. It's not different. It's not, like, unique enough. We want to expand it beyond Star Fox 64. So we're going to delay it a quarter till Q1 2016. It's that Bethesda quality. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Nintendo being a company I always rather delay than release something that they're unhappy with. Delayed it. Weirdly it at, be, like, 9.30 at night on a Thursday. It would be very un to go against his own quote. That's true. A good game, a bad game's bad forever. A delayed game's eventually a good one, or something. Yeah, like that. I, I'll never, I'll never oppose the idea of being delayed. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess to backtrack a bit, I'm bummed about Star Fox, as is Team Star Fox, as you just heard in my wonderful soundbite. But I'm bummed about it because I was really looking forward to it as a Star Fox fan. But I'd rather have a better game, ultimately, than deal with like a subpar Star Fox. That's two big games that were delayed this year, huh? Yeah. Well, basically, what happens is they keep doing like. Hey, uh, Zelda's coming in 2015. Just kidding. Hey, Star Fox is coming in 2015. Just kidding. Get them hypes so, going. Yeah, pretty much, but now they're just lying. Well, I mean, next year is starting <laughs> to look better. I remember you were saying, like, what are they going to do next year? That's well, fun. now yeah, they have Pokemon Tournament, Zelda, yeah. and Star Fox. And uh, Fire Emblem Cross Shimigami Tenshi. Sure. Which, which someone's <laughs> buying. <laughs> but that's coming out in Japan this year. That's actually. very niche, but, but I'm it sure is. it's going to be a good game, but that's like... It is super niche. niche. But yeah, it's just kind of, it's just, it is funny how now, like, 2016 for the Wii U actually looks half decent. Yeah. And now 2015 for the Wii U is a bunch of, like, 
B tier games, which isn't horrible. But it does <laughs> it does resolve my conundrum. Remember last episode I was saying like, oh man, they're gonna release Star Fox too close to Star Wars. They should do Star Fox in September. Mario hey, that resolves that issue. Too. It resolves that issue. It it matches that point I was making that they should do Star Fox during an off season so it can get more attention. What they really should have done, I don't want... People are going to hate me for saying this. Mario Maker should have been their November game. If they knew they were going to delay Star Fox, they should just not release Mario on on 9-11 and released it in November. It definitely feels like a November coming game. It's a huge game, and they have a huge marketing budget, and it already has over a million levels uploaded, Nintendo announced just uh, the other day. I guess if you count all the... Oh, not good levels, just (laughs) total levels. There's no quality metric in there, just a raw You you try to sound impressive with that number. Well, no, but the fact that... Well, no, it still is. The fact that there are people that create a million things in that game in five days or six days or whatever. Some people barely created... (laughs) <laughs> the fact that people are submitting a million pieces of code that you can then engage with at some minuscule level <laughs> says something. Yeah, it's impressive that that many people did something, but then yeah, it's also like a conversation like, wow, there's a lot of... Uh, I don't want to say garbage. Well, we'll get to that when we do the impression yeah. of the game, but I agree. Because as someone who's not creating levels and just playing levels, because I'm not very creative... Uh, I've noticed that a lot, and I've, I have a bone to pick with some people and some level types. But uh, but first, so yeah, Star Fox got delayed. That sucks for me. Less so for you guys, apparently. <laughs> but that actually wasn't even what we were going to start the show with. What we originally were going to start the show with was uh, other news that came kind of out of left field, and that is that Pokemon is <clears throat> going mobile with Pokemon Go. So see what I did there? You see the title. I turned into a verb to describe <sighs> what was happening. I bet the, they made Everyone's the tra- turned it off by now. <laughs> They made the trailer look probably very weird. epic, yeah, overly epic. It's, so it's yeah, but for those who somehow missed the boat on this in a, in a Tokyo, I see how it's possible. I don't know, but basically to catch them up in case Tokyo press conference occurred um, two hours before it went live. They're like, oh, by the way, we're announcing something major, and everyone's like, what? And it was like eleven at night our time. But yeah, this press conference goes live, and Pokemon Company announces Pokemon Go. It's an augmented reality game for iOS and Android. You go out and you catch Pokemon in the real world. Uh, it's very similar to Ingress, which was a Google-made game where you go out and get treasure and aliens and stuff in the world. In fact, it's so similar that it's actually basically the same game because it's being developed by uh, Niantic, who used to be a Google company that was run by the guy that created Google Earth. And then he left to become a game developer at Niantic, which is that entire team from Google just splintered off into their own independent company. And then Nintendo came in, and now they're doing Pokemon Go. So, in this case, all the items of Ingress are Pokemon, and uh, you go out in the world, it's GPS-powered, so where you go, there'll be different Pokemon, and one of the things they're emphasizing is, um, you can either just do it on your phone, you just pull it out, and there it is, or, because Nintendo, in a very concerned effort... <laughs> pull it out, and there it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, and they get arrested, and you're a sex offender. The end. Or, um, Nintendo's made a very concerned effort to help people pry their cell phone away from in front of their face by letting you get a wristband or a watch of sorts for the Pokemon Go Plus, which is an, a weird little like love child of a Pokeball and a geo-marking like, droplet yeah. that will let you know when there's a Pokemon nearby by flashing and rumbling, and then you just press the button in the middle, and boom, you caught your Pokemon. You have no idea what it is, but you're walking around and you're catching Pokemon. So that's that in a nutshell. Like cheating. What, it kind of does. That, in a nutshell, is what Go is but to be clear the the the, the little poke the go plus the the watch or which cost would be a lapel or a pin or a belt loop um it just comes off it definitely is not an apple watch the thing looks ridiculous <laughs> like it looks it looks like a kid's toy which it kind of is honestly but 
Nothing wrong with playing Pokemon Pay as an adult. Anything, but, microtransactions? Well, yeah, the app's going to be free to download. Of course But, of course, is. everything's good. They're calling it free to start, which was Iwata's favorite term for this sort of thing. And, yeah, it's going to be tons of microtransactions, but they're not saying what it is. So, I mean, what... You, have to be po- it has to be Pokeballs. Yeah, Pokeball or better Pokeballs. You probably yeah. get un- unlimited base Pokeballs, but if you want Great Balls or, or Safari Balls or Master no, Balls I'm pretty sure, like, well, Super Balls or... I'm pretty sure you get, like, five Pokeballs every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you probably cap at, like, six. So you can't yeah. get more than six, but you can only have six at a time. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. as someone, like... Because you guys are more into Pokemon for the stat stuff, right? Like, like yeah. the well, battling. The or battling. Not the stat stuff, but, like, the battles and the deep stats that go into that. Yeah. So, this is all probably that, not All that, that training and stuff. I mean, it seems like... The part I dislike most about Pokemon... Actually, no. The second thing I dislike most about Pokemon was catching Pokemon. Mm-hmm. The first thing I hated most was, like, kind of just going through the story. Right. Because it just felt like something you just have to get over just so you could get to the actual good part. But this kind of seems to turn the catching part into the fun part, and then it kind of puts battling in the backseat. Because I'm guaranteed... I mean, it's like a given that it has to be very simplistic, because it's going for... The casual car, like the people yeah. that just have phones. Yeah. So they're battling without EV training. Yeah, so I mean. If even that, it might just be like rock, paper, scissors, but with Pokemon. Oh, Which ultimately is all battling is in that game. Yeah, so it's going to be. I mean, so they can be catching fun of me. Maybe, I'll, I mean, I'm going to give it a try no matter what, yeah, obviously. I'm at least going to try to get my favorite Pokemon and just have those. Chatot? But, yeah, just like Just chat-tot. like endless Chatots. Like, just raining Chatots. Well, I mean, I like more than just chat. No, you just like Chatot. <laughs> Only Chatot. You don't know me. I do. A little. Name one other Pokemon. One other Pokemon? Sure, Slowpoke. There's another one. No, you that, mean one that you like? Yeah, that I like. Oh, don't don't put this pressure on me on a recording. I mean, I, ha- I literally have a oh, team. Oh, God, there's record if I don't know this. I have a team that's literally just composed of my all-top favorite Pokemon. And it's actually... But pretty... I never bow you because you're way better than me. Yeah, but I've, I've definitely always told them to you. And I showed you, you pictures of them. So you mean, have. Jason. I know, I'm a horrible And friend. I actually take part in that. I took a lot of time to make that team actually competitively competent. Chatot. One of them was recently revealed as a playable character in a Pokemon tournament. Recently? Recently-ish. One of the Luchador last... Luchador Pikachu? <laughs> one of the last... Lucario? Lucario He's not your favorite. Lucario though. was the first one revealed. Was he? Gengar? No, after that. Who was after Gengar? We're spending... The, yeah, we're actually... Yeah, we're actually time. doing this. Who was is, who is after Gengar? There oh, were two Pokemon revealed on the same this. day. There were two Pokemon revealed on the same day. Really? Besides Charizard. One of the Hitmons? No. The Charizard, Charizard is someone else. Uh, I'm literally looking this up because I don't want to fail you as a friend. Even though just by me looking It was it Weavile. Oh, I knew that. Maybe. I'm sorry. Oh. And this is when the podcast ends forever. We are disbanding because we are no longer friends, apparently. Uh, after this episode. I'm sorry. Anyway, what I was going to say is that... Um, so, okay, so you're in it maybe just to see what it's all about. Yeah. Elvis, I assume... If you were to do it, yeah, <laughs> it'd be for the same reason, probably. Uh, the 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 to check it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, just the Pokemon to, Go thing. Yeah, just to like. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a smartphone, but but you have an iPad, might work. Really? Would it? I don't know. Well, I guess as long as they have Wi-Fi, I guess it would work. Actually, no, I guess it wouldn't because it says iPhone, not iOS, on the on the uh, trailer. But so but yeah. I wonder how they they make. Legendaries make seem like a worldwide event. Yeah, well, that's the thing about Ingress that's so interesting. Honestly, that's what intrigues me the most about this is like the way it can coincide with events. Because I think they're not going to have it be like, oh, there's only one Mewtwo and he's in Times Square, like in the trailer. I think it'll be like every mm-hmm. city will have a major event where you get a major Pokemon at a preset time. 
But the thing that strikes me as particularly interesting is what are you going to do for the events we go to? Comic-Con, E3, all that stuff. Like Shinies? They could do Shinies. They could do special events at those locations. Like, there it could be really fun because everyone's in on it and it's not odd walking down the street with a flashing Pokeball on your wrist. But, but I don't know. Like, that's the thing that kind of interests me. And, I mean, for better or worse, this is kind of the Pokemon MMO that people were requesting. Not how they wanted it, but it is a Pokemon MMO in the most literal sense. It's massively Someone could literally be standing on the street and then block your path and go, like, I challenge you to a battle and literally, like, not let you go. Oh, I better... I hope they thrust their phone forward like Ash does with a Pokeball and turn their hat backwards. Someone, if they really want to, they could build their own little gym. They could. Oh, that'd be strange. Or, like, you go (laughs) a real... Or, like, they do a partnership with Gold's Gym and in every Gold's Gym is a certain (laughs) Pokemon or something. Also, it's a legendary thing. The the commercial made it seem like... Because everyone cheered... Yeah. So like, but do they all get one? Yeah, like what's raining you too? Is it like a Mewtwo party? Yeah, so, I, I don't know. Like when all the Pokemon were attacking, like, oh, was the last person gonna catch it? Like yeah. the last hit? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I, I think it'd be. I think they cooperatively attack it, and then they all get it. Which is kind of how Ingress works. Is you go to these these social events that Ingress does. Which, by the way, the guy, the developer of Ingress, uh, like the head guy, was saying in the. Uh, conference he's like yeah people meet it's great because you get meet other people it's a social event which is another whole like nintendo's objective thing and like people fell in love and they're making babies oh that's verbatim what he said he said there have been babies that came out of ingress and it's just like so, all right uh, but yeah so it'd be teamwork you probably work together because that's how ingress works if uh but it's like since me too was in new york yeah. do you think people will actually travel no i think i think uh like i was saying before i think they're gonna do like it will be like Mewtwo weekend. Go to the central meeting place in your city. So, like, it could be, like, uh, one of the parks here. Like, one of the downtown parks here in L.A. Or, like, by the Space Needle in Seattle or whatever. Oh, jeez. And then you just go to these communal meetups. And then you all get Mewtwo. <laughs> or you all get uh, Articuno or whatever. So, it's like, everyone go to Toilet Earth and get your Mew and back in blue and red? Basically. It's kind of like that. At least that's my gut feeling. I mean, we don't know for sure. The thing that kind of interests me, though, is Miyamoto, in the press conference, made a comparison to Pokemon Snap. And I love Pokemon Snap. He's like, this kind of is like the same vibe as Pokemon Snap. So two thoughts. One, if that's the case, I'm totally on board. And two, Mr. Miyamoto, you can't just tease Pokemon Snap like that. If you're going to say Snap, you better be saying two after it, and it better be a sequel. Like, you have two devices, Wii U and Pokemon Snap HD. I'll take that. But yeah, it could be HD or like, two. This is the first podcast he listens to and he doesn't appreciate your lip. What? This what? is the first podcast he listens to and he doesn't appreciate You're your right. lip. You're right. What if all this time he hasn't been listening? Because of course he hasn't. And I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out because I want to hear the thoughts on the Star Fox delay that I personally announced. And then I'm just bashing him. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. I'm going to listen I'm to sorry, some random podcast. Oh, what better podcast than random Nintendo? Yeah, and then he gets bashed. <laughs> no, but seriously, I would love to see Pokemon Snap. Like 3DS and Wii U are both perfect systems for it. So maybe mm-hmm. this opens the door to that. I don't know. But, uh,. It does strike me that the Go Plus, that device, is, like, the most Nintendo thing you can do with a smartphone game. Like, I mean, first of all, besides the fact that the company just loves plastic, and this is another plastic thing you can buy, it's basically a hybrid of all of Nintendo's things they like to do. There's a past idea re-invigorated. Re- like There's the Walker back with Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Remember that thing? The yep. little pedometer? It's basically it. that that's now on your wrist. Because <laughs> I'm tight. And then it's combining that with Nintendo's ongoing philosophy of trying to improve people's lives with game-like experiences. That's all. That's entirely what quality of life is ultimately going to be about when they make that thing. And it, you know, they were saying they want to get people to not look at their phone. They want people to be more social. And this is something Iwata personally seemed to be pushing for at Nintendo. And he was involved hands-on with this project for two years, 
prior to his passing. So definitely, this thing is like, if Nintendo's going to approach a mobile game, of course they're going to do it in the most Nintendo way possible, and it seems like they're doing exactly that. So it's 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 interesting. It 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 also I think speaks a lot about what Nintendo's plans for mobile going forward are, or just how like serious they are about this. Because this is definitely like we all said, this is not a traditional Pokemon game by any means. As you pointed out, there's no battle, no deep battle system, nothing like that. So no story. Be, I mean, usually they do kind of try with the story. Yeah. Yet they're still having the creator, the series director of Pokemon. Um, Denichi, oh, what's the last name? Masuda. There we go. They're having Masuda work. He's not only working on the game, but he's figuring out ways to link it back to the main Pokemon series. Hmm. In other words, this is like the idea is someone's going to go get Go. They're going to play Go, and then they're going to go full Pokemon and well, get indoctrinated into Nintendo's it, I mean, game. Wouldn't it potentially work with Pokemon Bank? In theory. Yeah. I mean, I mean it could be something I mean, that's kind of there. Well. I mean, that's like a. Yeah, and that'd be a good way to link them together because Nintendo's whole goal with all its mobile stuff is they want to literally turn people from being like, oh, I like this Pokemon thing to being like, I need a 3DS, a Wii U, and an X to play the next Pokemon thing. Like, they're siphoning everyone back. So this really... I mean, Pokemon's been doing this for a while, actually. They had that Camp Pokemon minigame collection on smartphones last year. They have Pokemon Shuffle Mobile now, which, by the way, when it launched on iOS and Android... It boosted the download count to over 5 million across those platforms and 3DS combined. 5 million. It was at like 3 million last I heard, so it's working. But yeah, so this whole thing of like Nintendo being like, yeah, you play this one thing, it's kind of a different take on it, it's still Nintendo-y, and then you slowly, slowly join the cult of Nintendo and get the real thing. And I, I think we're, um, we're going to see a lot of that with the DNA partnership as well. Because interestingly, I didn't think this would be the case, but... Pokemon Go is a separate project entirely from what DNA is doing with Nintendo and their five mobile games. DNA? D-E-N-A. You know, the, the... Maybe you don't know about this. The company... There's this mobile company in Japan that does a lot of infrastructure stuff, makes a lot of mobile games. Nothing spectacular. Like, uh, a lot of, like... Um, what's that puzzle game? The Cookie? Candy Crush? Yeah, it's a lot of, like, Candy Crush knockoffs, essentially. But Nintendo's now working with them and letting them use their IPs, and together with Nintendo's developers, they are making five smartphone games like Nintendo IP smartphone games like a Mario oh, that yeah. sort of thing so and they're projecting this is what's crazy is their CEO their DNA West CEO which is like I guess their North American branch said in an interview the other day they want over 100 somewhere between 150 and 2 million people to play these games I'm just gonna repeat that number 150 to 2 million 200 million sorry 200 million people no Nintendo system has hit that. The closest a Nintendo system come that I can think of is like 150-something million for the DS. So they basically want that many people on smartphones to just go play these games, and then, of course, that will translate back, in theory, to buying Nintendo products. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that works. But And they're planning big things. Like, so they have Pokemon Go, they have these five games, and DNA themselves are planning to do mass-market advertising for those five games. Like, it's going to be a huge thing. You think you'll have those games on your phone? Oh, for sure. I don't know. Well, I play them's a different story, but I will have them. <laughs> but I'm, real, I'm I'm actually now after the Pokemon Go thing, I'm more interested in what they're gonna do with smartphones than before. Like before, I was like, oh, it might just be like a mastery puzzle game that has Mario on it, like Puzzle and Dragons Mario Edition, but on your phone, like they did with Pokemon Shuffle. But now that they're going like all in with Go and making accessories and like teaming up with other companies and doing all this intense stuff I'm really curious it's gonna be a Pikmin, Pikmin gardening game we have see I'd be okay with that or if they did a t- I mean we're gonna talk about it in a minute actually like 
It's going to be like Mario's Hotels, and it's like, oh just make yeah. your living quarters. Or like, or like the CDI Zelda games. <laughs> See, I'm, I originally was worried it might be like that, but given what they're planning to go, I feel like it won't. And we don't know what's going on. We don't know when Go's coming out besides next year. There's apparently a beta this year, but it's still pretty much a mystery, like most of Nintendo's projects. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, but one game I can see them doing for mobile, actually, is Pikmin. Because, like, you, uh, it seems like that'd be a good, like, just touch to move them around. And coincidentally, Miyamoto did say, rather unexpectedly, that there's a Pikmin 4 coming. And not only is it coming, but it's practically done. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) This was the weirdest announcement. Better be better than Pikmin 3? Yeah. Well, this is the strangest announcement to me. Like, for Pikmin, Miyamoto doesn't like to announce things properly. Pikmin 3. As you may recall, back in 2008 at E3, there was a Q&A, and everyone was asking Mimo, in a nutshell, why is your lineup so crappy this year? Like, why is Animal Crossing the big holiday game and nothing else? This was before Animal Crossing became what it was with the 3DS version. And Miyamoto said, oh, we have other stuff in the works. And so I was like, Pikmin? He's like, yes, we're making Pikmin 3. And that's how it was announced. <laughs> that's literally, like, it was pride out of him. And now this time, he's being interviewed by Eurogamer in July. They published the interview in September because it was embargoed. And at one point, it's just like, yeah, so we're making Pikmin 4, and it's basically done. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's the weirdest way to it. I think but Pikmin 5, what? that's the thing. We don't know what it's for. We don't know what it's about. We don't know how it controls. We don't know what you do. You don't, we don't know anything at all. Hmm. You but play as the Pikmin. You play as the Pikmin. But see, Pikmin 4, in theory, could be a smartphone game. I don't think it will, but it could work as a, smart, as a touch-driven smartphone uh. game. And he, could, he wouldn't be lying if he said it was the fourth Pikmin game. I mean, granted, he called it Pikmin 4, not the fourth Pikmin, yeah. but there's always that chance. I'm really hoping it's actually going to be a proper a sequel. proper game, which leads the leads to the question of what would be a proper Pikmin in your eyes? Because I know you were disappointed with 3. Pikmin 2? So basically Pikmin 2 HD, no, but with new content. Just a bigger and better Pikmin 2. Hmm. Pikmin 2 was already awesome, so I would want them to take Pikmin 2 and just... Make it better. Yeah, Pikmin Pikmin three was. A I mean, bit of a Pikmin. Step back. Th- I mean, Pikmin three had like a bunch of really good ideas. They just like never fully developed them. Like they teased you with like puzzles that you could do with the three captains, but then they just kind of stopped. Right? right when as soon as you were like getting used to them or mastering them, you were like clear an area. You're like, all right, cool. Now I'm pretty sure I'm gonna unlock like a after story thing because this was so fast and easy to do. And they're like, nope, that was it. <laughs> it's just like oh. you're done. Here's some DLC just to tide you over, and here's yeah. some animated shorts. Or then you're like, oh man, okay, I still have this area to collect all these like twenty fruits from. I bet that will take me a few days, and you finish it in like ten minutes. Like, Cause yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think my main thing is just like flush it out. It'd be nice if they brought back Pikmin 2's multiplayer. Pikmin 3's bingo yeah, the, the, is the, fun, the, but it's not the same. It's not strategic. The, it's more the, Mario the co-op. Party. The co-op is actually really, really good. In three, yeah, yeah, especially the DLC. they kind of redeem themselves, but in the end, it was still DLC for. Was it the same amount as Pikmin two? Or they went a little over. Uh, oh, you mean after the DLC did the contract? I think it's match? still. Yeah. I think it's still a little I under. Think, yeah, I think it's less well. still. Because Pikmin Two was like a twenty-something hour game. But even then, like it didn't even start getting really hard until the DLC. Because I remember we kind of blew through the regular ones. Yeah, yeah I remember first try it. I remember you guys when we talked about Pikmin Three, like sharing impressions. You were kind of like, "That's it," and then the DLC came out, and you're like. I, it helps. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we don't even know what system it's for. It seems like if they're turning it around, if they're turning around this fast, I feel like it has to be for Wii U, right? Like, this just further... Well, I mean, we don't know when they started working on it. It could have been, it could have been development since Pikmin 3 ended. Yeah, but that's my point, though. That's 
that's still like it seems like it took seven years for the last one or something like that. Oh, like it seems or eight years maybe. Like if they were working on them concurrently. They announced them in two thousand eight, Pikmin three, and it came out in two thousand thirteen. Twelve, sorry, two thousand twelve. No, thirteen. August of thirteen. But anyway, point being, um it seems like if they're spinning it this quickly, they're just basically doing a Pikmin two situation where they just took the existing engine and kind yeah. of flushed it out. And hey, there's twenty sixteen lineup for Wii U. After all this time he's saying the Wii is done in twenty sixteen, suddenly it has games. This would be another good, like, Swan Song game alongside Zelda and now Star Fox and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. It's possible. But I guess we really don't know what the NX will do, so it's kind of hard to say, well, be better on NX, but... Yeah. yeah. I, guess I would take another Wii U one. I want to see them use the touchpad stuff, and you know, the gamepad touchscreen stuff in more, like, elaborate ways. Yeah. Or put it in more elaborate like the purple Pikmin for more than just the multiplayer. Yeah. It is weird that they left out Pikmin. And they're gonna announce a new Pikmin. You, this? No, like a new Pikmin. Oh, oh! I was like, this is a new Pikmin. No. The, the creature. I don't know. I think they kind of tapped out a. I would rather them see them use what they have and use all of them instead of just forgetting. Like a digging one. That would be cool, actually. <laughs> one that just burrows. That'd be cool. Just like burrow. a like a. I don't know what the color would be. Uh, like instead of like brown, tossing, poop like a, brown. Mm. <laughs> like or th- dirt brown, but poop funny. <laughs> like instead of tossing them, he just like. Digs in straight, like, under the ground, like, in that street. Like, that would that, be so pretty cool. So they could go under things. I just want them to acknowledge that they Ooh, have Rock Pikmin and, and the Purple Pikmin, two. and they're practically the same thing, but they only include one. They include both. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they had, they they're had, similar. they had them both in the multiplayer, and they definitely knew that they had different properties. Like, some of the levels in Pokemon 3 had Purple Pikmin. Was it just the white ones that were left out? No, the white ones were there, too. In multiplayer only? I think there were... Or were they in single no, player? I don't remember. It's been a while. The purple Pikmin definitely weren't in there. Uh-huh. I think the white Pikmin were in single player. I don't really remember. They were. Oh, oh. wait, single player? Single player. Multiplayer. Not in Maybe. single player. I don't think so. Oh, then then the purple and white were... were they were definitely in multiplayer. And, I mean, the purple Pikmin weighed 10 times more than a regular Pikmin. The rock Pikmin still just weighed as much as any regular Pikmin. Mm. They only hit hard and they didn't grab onto anything. And purple Pikmin slammed down and paralyzed people. Right. And they also had some weird effects on that blob monster, the water, uh, yeah. the water wrath. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Cause the thing is, like, I'd be the more I think about it, the more okay I'd be with this being a Wii U game because like Pikmin Three looked good, like that engine looked. Good. I mean, it the, did. The, the mean, textures were great. So like, if the, they just flushed the, that out, the only thing like that was wrong with it was literally just the amount the, of content, content and difficulty. So really, this could just be a Pikmin Three expansion pack that just doubles. That's just more of the same, but more like way more i mean if they're gonna design the levels kind of how they did the later dlc levels then yeah. it's gonna then it'll definitely like be like really really good right because right. later dlc levels are really hard like the christmas level the factory like they're really intimidating right so i don't know work I with guess, that i guess we'll find out in due time uh hopefully next year i will see but that wasn't the only thing Mimo talked about either he also openly discussed the idea of making a third Mario Galaxy game with Eurogamer. Um, but one thing's holding it back. And I'm just going to... The new look, Mario Galaxy game? Like a 3D Mario. Hard, like a more Isn't difficult... Isn't it already 3D? What? Isn't it Mario Galaxy already 3D? That's what I'm saying. Like a new one. A like more that. 3D? No, what? Did he he said more? a more 3D. Oh, I meant like another 3D. Thank you. Another with 3D. With 3D glasses. But yeah. here's, here's what's holding them back. I'm going to read this direct quote. Even with Mario 64... There's a lot of feedback about motion sickness with the 3D, or maybe us making it too difficult. Uh, mm. He goes on to say, that's partly what led to Mario, New Super Mario Brothers series, and what led to Mario 3D Land and 3D World being a little more contained. Um, I still appreciate, though, that he left some really hard levels in the post-game. 
But right. I guess it's, it is kind of unfortunate that I guess it sounds like he's holding himself back because he thinks people can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, let's, let's dwell on that for a moment. That last part you just said. What? <laughs> That's my reaction. What? It's Mario 64, I looked it up. It came out 19 years ago next June. Or, t- sorry, 19 years ago as of June, 20 years ago next June. In Japan, September yeah. here. In that time, in that two decades, 3D open space, open world games have kind of become the de facto normal thing for video games. What is he, as a gamer, looking strictly as a gamer, what is he credit, talking about? Mar- there aren't really that many games, that, platform games that play like Mario Galaxy. But he's talking about Mario 64 being too confusing for people. Okay. Let alone Mario Galaxy. He's like, the complaints go back to 64, the motion sickness, the open space confusion. That's 64 stuff oh, that we couldn't improve with with Galaxy. Yeah, then, it's like, what are crazy. You? Yeah. So, it's just like, I mean, all gamers, granted if you're someone that's never touched a video game, but all gamers <laughs> know how to handle that. Like, GTA does that. Like, everyone does that. Then, so that's as a gamer, you think. I mean, it's that. not even a first-person game. First-person games are usually the ones where you get More the disorienting, most disorienting, yeah. But here's where it gets, yeah, Elibits on the Wii. Remember Konami's Elibits? Yeah. That's the only first-person game that ever gave me motion sickness. I don't know why. I think it's because the, the, the um, gun on screen, the little zapper, is not... It's not, like, tied to a hand, so it just kind of floats up and down the entire screen, and that just messed with my brain. Like, I could... I got sick after playing for, like, four so minutes. So fragile. I'm so fragile. If you just tip me over, I shatter. But, uh... But, okay, so as a gamer, <coughs> Miyamoto's comment's insane, right? As gamers, I think we could all agree. But then you look at the sales numbers, which you're a gamer pulled up, and, uh, it, he's kind of right, which is what's even weirder to me. New Super Mario Brothers on Wii, the Wii edition, sold 30 million copies. Mario Galaxy 1... Sold 12.5 million and Galaxy 2 sold 7.4 million. It sold more than both of those combined and then some. So, I mean, from his angle, from Nintendo's angle as a company, he might be right. I think his reasoning's wrong. Like, I don't think it's people have motion sickness. I think it's just maybe there's not the same nostalgic connection with the 3D. Yeah. But I don't. A lot of people that's think it's, that are nostalgia driven. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I, I don't Star know. Fox 64. One day, we're going to have a debate about that. One day. I mean, you just have to find a game that I like, that you know is bad, but I only like it because of nostalgia. One day, I'm going to challenge that. There's Mario Baseball. A lot of people hate the controls, but... Yeah, but Jose likes it. No, yeah, I love it too. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that you can grow... Nigel likes it too. Everyone has a personal... For those who don't know, Nigel was on the podcast three years ago during one of our Con Con episodes. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he is a real person. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, everyone has, like, a personal part. Everyone finds something like in a game that most people don't like or whatever. Like, it's not that weird. You can, we played through all of Sonic Racing. I did. And, and, did. and I mean Sonic R, the one that, you did, you did? that, that people considered unplayable. Like, all of a sudden I finished that whole thing. Yeah, and like there's because we didn't think we we didn't know it was we didn't know it was a bad game or that it was like notoriously unplayable. We just thought it was like oh, it's just designed this way because they wanted it to be this hard. Yeah, and that's, yeah. The, and that's the thing. <laughs> and then we mastered like, it, and then it was like right. That's the thing is when someone throws a game at you, you kind of when you're younger, especially, kind of go, well, this is the confines of the, this is what I have to work with. This is the rules they set up. This is how you navigate this world. This Can is you what feel you the do. sunshine, Jason? Can I what? Can you feel the sunshine? The sunshine. Is that a song from the game? All, all the tracks were questions? were lyrical music. Can you, oh, great! Can you feel the sunshine? Were they all questions as well? Um, were they like Justin Bieber, who's basically doing an interview with his? They, new they songs? weren't. 
I don't think they were all questions. It was one about work it out, the stars in the sky. Uh, they're, not they're all very cheesy. You gave me a weird look when I made that Bieber comment. I should probably explain what I'm talking about. All his new songs, he has one with like Skrillex and another one, are questions. Like, where are you now? What do you mean? I assume the next one's going to be like, who are you? How'd you get here? Why Why do you exist? Just like the journalistic, the five journalistic questions. <sighs> yeah. But anyway, um, well, yeah, I... It's when you're working within the space, like I was saying, when you're working within yeah. the space of a certain game, you kind of like, okay, especially as a kid. Which makes it even weirder that this issue happens with, Mario, with the 3D Mario's, because especially for kids, it's like, well, this is what you do, and you kind of make it work. So it's weird that me and I was like, well, it's not working. I mean, sales-wise, he's right, but concept-wise, I don't know. That doesn't mean it will never happen, though. It's worth mentioning that Miyamoto did say they're always looking to, quote, challenge Galaxy and do another 3D action game. Just want to wait until they have more resources. I'm going to say challenge gals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, challenge the gals and do another. No, but uh, they're going to do another one once they have more resources, which for some reason Miyamo said it's only going to happen as technology gets better and advances, which I think is an allusion to it. It's not going to come till the NX, oh. which makes sense. They're winding down the Wii U. They have the swan song of now Star Fox. Um, so, yeah, they're going to phase out with that and then bring in Mario Prize a launch title, maybe? I don't know. Um, that would be a pretty strong launch title. What would we, I guess, what would we, would we want a Galaxy 3? I feel like personally I'd rather see them do something new. I don't really care what they new. do, just give me whatever. I don't want it to necessarily be like the enclosed in, well actually 3D World was okay. 3D Land felt like it was enclosed in a diorama, which was kind of whatever. 3D I mean World, Galaxy also kind of felt that way. Yeah, but it was spherical, so it felt a little different. Like it was still enclosed, but something about the spheres Especially and the Galaxy connection. 2. Galaxy yeah, 2 all, was like 3D World. That's true, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but he did say to Time separately that, um... Now that Mario's 30, they want to move in a new direction. He's 30? Mario's 30th thir- anniversary. How do you not know it's Mario's 30th um, anniversary? It's no, everywhere. No. It's literally on Mario Maker's box, I think. To preoccupy with Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah, PlayStation fanboy. Uh, <laughs> not really a fanboy, just a decade fan. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do, because they said it's a new direction, so should should be interesting. <laughs> He's going to go left. He's going to, yeah. Uh, yeah, so time will tell. But... There is other game news outside Nintendo itself, which I know you want to bring up, Jose. Because Tokyo there's a game, bunch of game news outside. Nintendo. Well, I mean, I mean, for Nintendo platforms, <laughs> for Nintendo platforms, because there's one particular Tokyo game show is going on right now over in Japan when this episode is posted. Yeah, did you see the trailer for Project X on Two? Comes in, comes out February sixteenth. So much Phoenix, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, Phoenix, right? So much so, right? Yeah, and you, sir, I played part one and yeah, talked about it. Yeah, I was going to say, did you like it? On a past episode, I talked about it. That's right, you did, and you liked it, right? You get the sequel. Yes, I am. Cool. But you want to talk about Ace Attorney, right? Well, I mean, we just got some more info that was kind of cool. Like, I guess they kind of explain why it is that they don't use defense attorneys in this universe. And I guess it's because that mirror that they showed apparently shows the culprits or the witnesses, the last thing they saw. And I guess because of that, they're like, oh, he saw this, so he's clearly guilty because they pretty much have that definitive so evidence. So the new, the new mechanic for testimonies is like comparing what comparing eyewitness visuals to spoken word testimony? Yeah, and, and maybe just like looking at the visuals and going like, oh, he saw this, but is that really like the whole story? Like, right. oh, maybe like, he, what he saw could easily be explained in a completely different way, like a phoenix. Like have they actually company. explained the new testimony system at all, or is it still, I mean, it's it's playable, right, at Tokyo? Sort of. It was kind of confusing, but um, I feel like it. I feel like they make it so convoluted when they explain it, and then you play it, and you're like, "Oh, duh." Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It definitely looks. I mean, at least it sounds like they're combining um, what they did with Apollo and Athena, which with Apollo, all they did was um, 
That's Apollo Justice for all Apollo you Justice. Like his like when you play as Apollo, his gimmick was he could he's like paying super close attention to people's like subtle movements. Uh-huh. So like oh as they're talking and they, if they speak these lines, their ears are twitching. Oh, oh right, you know right. they're lying or they're scratching their face. Or yeah, like, like something like very subtle. So that's like Apollo's thing, and then Athena's thing was like reading their emotions, like oh as they're saying. Like you're seeing like clips of their events, and like oh, they should they should be experiencing fear in this moment, but they're experiencing happiness. Why? Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of like they're combining both of those. Like you have to get emotions while also, or I guess feelings while also looking at what's going on, and I guess the dialogue and the scenery. I don't know. It, right, it, it right. Interesting. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So, but more importantly, they're gonna, there's going to be an anime. Yeah, cool. that's the other thing I was going to ask you about. Is they announced, About the first three games, which is crazy. They announced both an anime for that and Monster Hunter X or something. Or Frontier, sorry. Monster Hunter Frontier, right? Oh. The one with the cats. The cats doesn't have an anime. Not Frontier. The the cat spinoff. Where they like live an Animal Crossing life thing. Yeah. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Monster Hunter Story. There we go. Is that what it's called? I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, but I know you're more interested in... Uh, I mean, there's always been like random weird Monster Hunter animes. True. I mean, there's one that I think like just follows like these four monster huntresses. By Capcom? I don't know if it's like it's an official Monster Hunter anime, but it's like huh. it's like these women hunters and it's their misadventures or something. I have to go check that out. But Eighth Attorney, really excited for that. And that's coming out here in the states what next year? Or have they not <laughs> yeah, given? It's not even confirmed for the states. No, it is confirmed for the states. The anime? Confirmed. Oh no no oh, sorry sorry sorry. Oh no yeah yeah the, the the game is confirmed for the states. They haven't said when, but the anime probably won't. Considering we didn't even get the movie. That's true, but that was live action. So that's a little trickier. Yeah, I mean, but they could. I mean, how just, many live action Japanese things come stateside? I mean, they, honestly. I mean, they could have just like subbed it and made it digital only. That's they, true. they still it? could. I mean, the sub yeah, they did scream it. Yeah, they screened it at WonderCon, so it there is a sub version. Why out didn't there you somewhere. watch it when you were there? Was it a different day? That was a different uh, year. No wonder. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but but alas, it strikes me so weird that the Tokyo Game Show <laughs> never has Nintendo news. Like Ace Attorney is the one thing every Tokyo Game Show we talk about because now it's a yearly thing, yeah. and then like we're like, oh well. I hope everyone's it's enjoying their, their PlayStation, their carful... What? It's Attorney 5 didn't come out last year. No, it? Great Ace Attorney was announced at Tokyo Game Show last year. The Sherlock Holmes crossover yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah but not, did anything come out last year? Great Ace, Ace Attorney came out. In the U.S. I'm oh, sorry, no, not in the U.S. No, 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 no. It's been a while. Uh, Dual Destinies came out last year. Yeah, really year, back here. to the U.S. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I just talk about Tokyo Game Show still. But I just find it so funny that, like, you know, like, Sony had a huge blowout. They dropped the price. They announced, like, colorful hard drive thingies they could stick on your PlayStation 4 and give it some character. They announced this game, that game. And then Microsoft and Nintendo are like, we got nothing here. One of us doesn't sell over here. The other one of us doesn't even participate. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, there is there is one other bit of new. Unless there's something else you want to say about Ace Attorney. But it sounds like you covered uh, it. Nope. All right, uh, we're going to switch gears a little, because one of the other big surprise things, and a bit of a change of course that's going on with Nintendo... Well, actually, it's less of a change of course. This one kind of... To be honest, the, the name of this episode is a bit of a mis, uh, misnomer. Like this, it, it, They're more staying, staying the course, but who's in charge is the change. Um, they announced their new president. Uh, he is Tatsumi Kimishima, who used to be Nintendo of America CEO for a while, but is now in part of, like, a three-piece with um, with a couple other Nintendo folks. So, a little background, since not that many people probably know who he is. Kimishima's actually not from a developer background like Iwata was. He came from a bank. 
He was part of Japan's biggest bank called Sanwa Bank in the 90s, which was when they were, were the largest bank in the world or making the most money or something. Most profitable bank in the world, that's what it was, in the 90s. And then he came to Nintendo and immediately went from banking to Pokemon, which is quite possibly the weirdest transition I've ever heard. But he, uh, he joined Nintendo... Uh, sorry, he joined Pokemon Company back in 2000 as their CFO. He was there for a year. They then said, you know what? Go to Pokemon USA. You're going to run that thing. So he was president of Pokemon USA and was in charge of bringing gold, silver, and crystal to the U.S. and all the merchandise that went with that. Like when Pokemon was peaking, he was the guy helping it hit that peak. So he, he definitely, you know, knows how to do stuff. And then from there, he actually became Nintendo America's um, president, and or just their president, actually, for four years, hmm. from 2002 to 2006. So when GameCube was not selling at all and Game Boy Advance was keeping the company afloat, he was the guy that was like, there's got to be a way to sell the GameCube and kind of pushed it along here in the <laughs> States. And he's actually the dude that hired Reggie. Hmm. So he, um, Reggie came on as VP of Sales and Marketing in 2004. Clearly that had to be cleared <coughs> by the president of the company since he's a VP. Uh, so he helped with the Reggie thing. And then Reggie ended up taking over his role as president in 06 when he got promoted to president and COO, which is his current position, at which point Kimishima became CEO of Nintendo America. And he's been a background player the whole time. Like, no one outside of the very, like inside baseball Nintendo people like fans knew who this guy was but he was basically keeping NOA chugging along through all the Wii success through all the DS success and up until 2013 when Iwata called him back to Japan to head all of Nintendo's human re- uh, resources supposedly he called him back because 2013 was when things were kind of shaky at Nintendo you know their profits were down and everything we talked about it on the show back then and um, the leading theory is Iwata was kind of consolidating his base he was bringing together all the execs that were being like-minded and like him and was there so if shareholders start freaking out he could be like but look at this whole team that's on my side so that's supposedly why I went back to Japan and now he's um, now he's the president of all of Nintendo with a little help from some friends so Miyamoto got some promotion fellows. <laughs> some fellows yeah so Miyamoto got promotion and the head of their hardware got promotion uh, Miyamoto is now the creative fellow at Nintendo which uh, means that he is in charge of all the software basically and then you got a guy named uh, G E N Y O. How would you pronounce that? G E N Y O. G E N Y O. Genyo. Oh, okay. I thought I might have a more Japanese. Yeah. Then there's Genyo uh, Takeda, who I think that's how you say it. Who um, has been in charge of a lot of their hardware and console stuff for a long time, and now he's the technology fellow. So he'll be in charge of all that. Good fellows. Yes, and then you have yes, good fellows, and then you have Kimishima, who's basically present and doing the business stuff. So the three of business them, business fellow. Yeah, but he's present. So the three of them, and ultimately gets to veto any other decision, I guess. But uh, together they're being called what's known as a troika, which is essentially running a company by committee. That's what it means. So instead, I mean, think about that for a second. That like, I mean, one hand it makes sense. Mimo knows everything about games. Takeda knows everything about hardware. Kimishima is clearly a business guy. He used to run a bank, so like he, it makes sense. But like, it's insane that they need three people to basically do what Iwata successfully did. Because Iwata was a developer. He knew the business side. He knew the hardware because he worked on Nintendo platforms for so long, and he had time for Nintendo Directs, and he had time to to conduct Iwata Ask interviews. And now they have three people doing that one job, (laughs) essentially. Like that's. I mean, partly I think it's for the insight because. Kimishima admits he has no developer background, and he said to um, but would you say that, that uh, you can't run the company as strictly by numbers. You need game people involved. But would you say that, like, as like um, impressive as it is that Iwata essentially did all, all of that? Yeah. 
I mean, you also could have heard him. No, yeah, but I mean, you wouldn't say that like Miyamoto, like at least like knows more on the software side than Iwata did. Oh, he and did. And Takeda knows more. On yeah, no, the no, they side. for sure. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They they each have strong. Their individual strengths are stronger than Iwata's were, but Iwata could like just Iwata was cheaper. Well, not even cheaper. I don't think they're getting paid a lot more. I mean, Iwata actually took pay. Isn't it still cheaper regardless to have one person? Oh, yeah, yeah. Things? Well, I mean, he's... T- yeah, yeah. And but, but, it's well, these, things, these positions didn't exist. They created them just for this new structure. There was no f- creative fellow or technology fellow. They're so, hence, new. cheaper? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I, think, I think it's more like... Yeah, one paycheck. I think it's more that um, Iwata had background in all these things. Like, they can't go to Kimishima and be like... All right, here's our situation with the game development, and like walk through like these minuscule details. I expect him to know. He's a numbers guy. He's admitted it. But Miyamoto certainly knows. Takeda certainly knows they're having architecture problems with the hardware of the NX or whatever. Like it's, and they can probably make better educated decisions than a combination of them and Iwata, or Iwata and them could together make a better educated decision. But without Iwata being there, it could fall more on them, and Kimishima could just be like, "All right, financially, sure, that makes sense," or whatever. So not to downplay Kimishima, I mean, he ran NOA for so long. He knows stuff about games, clearly. But it makes sense that they're doing this, it's like trifold, or the Troika, as it's called. Um, it is worth knowing, Kimishima himself, like I said, he is accomplished. I mean, he's handled NOA for so long, and um, the one downside is he's kind of old. He's 65. Mm. Which uh, almost makes it seem like he's a stopgap president until someone within Nintendo's ranks can kind of move up the ladder and take his place. And you know what's funny is that's actually exactly what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually what they're doing to a T. Like, uh, according to Japan's Nikkei news agency, um, Kimishima, Kimishima was not Iwata's first choice, personal top choice at all. Mm. He was chosen simply because Nintendo couldn't find someone inside the company that had the developer and business know-how. Like someone that was groomed and ready to go. And they needed someone going into the holidays, their busiest time of the year. Time of the year. So they uh, they said, "All right, let's do Kimishima. He knows his stuff well enough," and basically slot him in. And he's only elected as president for one year right now, so he could be out in a year. This is—they're not calling him interim, but he's interim. Of course, he might stay stay on longer, but he's like, "Yeah, we're grooming the next generation." So there's we like a probation in. period. It's kind of like a probation period. Well, not even. It's more like an interim, like um, less probation, more of a stopgap. Uh. But uh, and, and he's in Ming. We may bring someone f- up from internally. We may hire someone from outside the company, which I feel like would be a weird, weird choice on their part because uh, part of Nintendo's thing is they have all these unique philosophies. And if you you know bring in someone from the outside, suddenly all those might change because uh, you know they might do only mobile. They might ditch consoles. They they could do anything with someone else. But internally at Nintendo, they all have a very similar mindset. So mm. so that helps with that. Um, now for some real inside baseball. I know I'm going deep on the inside baseball, but this one I find kind of interesting is Nintendo's grooming is moving fast. So this was initiated before Iwata passed away, but it's completed at the same time Kimishima became president, and that is all the development teams got shuffled, sort of, at Nintendo. They got merged. So as you Didn't may that happen already? I remember it just you, happened last week. Cause I remember this you, week. I remember you mentioned, or we talked about that, like, oh... Like the handheld and console department. No, 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 no. That was the hardware. Yeah, they merged the hardware, and they actually merged even further. So now the people that make the hardware and the people that make the system-level software, Miiverse, eShop, are all one team reporting to one person. So it could be better. It's more of an Apple approach where they, everything's interconnected. The opposite of what apparently Konami does? Yes. 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 <laughs> but no, but the thing they did that's interesting is I'm sure you've heard the name EAD before when talking about Nintendo developers, yeah. EAD Tokyo. So what that actually was is the Entertainment Analysis and Development Team. This has existed forever. 
It is what led... They're the people behind Mario, Zelda, Star Fox, Pikmin. In the case of EAD Tokyo, they did Mario Galaxy. They were run by Miyamoto, but now he's created Fellow, and EAD no longer exists. It's now been merged into the other Nintendo team, Software Planning and Development, which was the weird one. They made Metroid, which is normal, but they also made WarioWare, Game & Wario, Rhythm Heaven. They did all the quirky stuff. Mm-hmm. So those two teams are now one big pool of developers. They used to be entirely separate teams. Miyamoto ran one. Um, a guy named uh, Taka, Takahashi, there we go, ran the uh, Shinya Takahashi ran the other, and they're completely independent. They're now merged into one unit called EPD, or Entertainment Planning and Development, and Takahashi has now taken on the Miyamoto role for both those teams. Miyamoto used to be head at EAD. Every decision was him. Miyamoto's now above that, and Takahashi's kind of like the Miyamoto of this new team. He's basically the next Miyamoto in terms of Nintendo's hierarchy. So that's kind of... Like, when Miyamoto retires, Takahashi's going to be the guy. All the interviews and stuff's going to be Takahashi. How old is he? I actually don't know. He's a little younger, but he's been there forever. And they're already grooming the third tier of these developers, too. So Takahashi's number two. It's like Miyamoto's number one, Takahashi's number two. And then some of the people we are a bit more familiar with their games that are definitely younger are now in the third position as... um, As... Deputy General Managers of this entire new division. So you got the guy behind Mario Galaxy and the head of EAD Tokyo, um, uh, Koizumi, the guy with the kind of longer hair. We met him at Best Buy. Was he? He was the one doing the cat poses. Oh, hey. he's now third. In, um, he's like the third tier of importance at Nintendo now. So it goes Miyamoto makes final call. Takahashi's, you know, who brings him to Miyamoto if need be, and then uh, Koizumi is now like right there and separate from. At least I believe that's Koizumi, and uh, the guy I was describing. And um, also, Animal Crossing's creator, Iguchi, is also now a deputy. AK? Well, oh, no, that's the music guy. That's, no, uh, yeah, uh, that's Katsuya Iguchi, the father of Animal Crossing, as you've yeah. known. Those two are now really high up in the ranks. Now, of course, you have the Splatoon guys under them and whatnot, so there's definitely some shifts. Like, yeah, these I mean, people are good, like, newbies They're pretty new, but they're, you know, as... Time goes on, they're going to slowly move up the... To- no, they're not going to be one wonders. But they're, everyone's slowly moving up the tone pole. But it's interesting because like, these names I'm saying right now are probably meaningless to most people. I'm literally just saying a bunch of Japanese names yeah. and, going, and going super <laughs> deep in inside baseball. But I'm telling you, like when Miyamoto retires, when Kimishimi's not president because they got the I don't know if I like that analogy or that... What? Inside baseball. That's the term for like deep business stuff like this. So it fills and I mean, I mean, whether it is or it is but, but I just gotta say, when all that, when all these guys leave, the names I just rattled off are gonna be the it guys, the guys that host the directs, the guys that do the interviews, the guys that are at E3. Like they're, this is the next generation of Nintendo right here. So it's interesting that we're at like the ground floor of all this happening, seeing it first unfold. That's all. I'm, I like exciting this stuff. It's so I actually, question. I was, actually find it really interesting, personally. But what did uh, Phil's enemy bring gift us to the world? Was it stuffed crust? He made the Bigfoot pizza, not the oh, stuffed crust. Oh, the Bigfoot pizza. So I mean, first do your research. <laughs> Second, <laughs> uh, asking. I was asking. Wait, wait, what was your question? Dude, what did he gift us to the world? Oh, I thought you were saying why did he give us the stuffed Whoa, crust? I'm like, we well, need to know Mr. your pizza. Sam. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Because no one liked my my deep analysis. Wait, so they hired a guy that made a pizza that's still not around. Yeah. No. Okay. Me, Reggie, um, his big claim to fame before joining Nintendo. <laughs> you fun. asked. You asked. We're going really deep now. MTV? Reggie's big thing was VH1's reinvention. Yes. VH1 used to play oldie music videos and be kind of meaningless. And then Reggie came in and basically reinvented them as an actual channel that people watch with reality shows and more current music stuff. And it worked. 
they've since kind of floundered again. But for a brief moment there, VH1 was actually of significance to someone. Mm. And Reggie can be thanked for that. And for the Bigfoot pizza. Thank you, Reggie. Have you ever had a Bigfoot pizza? I think you were like two when it came out. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. That's all you didn't know about. But yeah, so um, so that's all the inside baseball about Nintendo. But we're we like, what's going to happen now that we have a new president of Nintendo? I guess is the next question because we now know. Oh well, internally they're shuffling things. Well, we're going to do nothing. <laughs> well, well, what's going to mean for us as fans though? Are we going to see any changes? Are we, is stuff going to get weird? The I'm answer, by sure the way, is no. Games are still going to be coming out with three million yeah, Nintendo products Kimish, Kimish, um, for cash. But Kimishima could just randomly be like, you know what? Cancel the NX. I'm going to only make mobile games. He's not, though. The, he has said his plan is to just continue Iwata's plan. Uh, so they're going to continue mobile support. They're going to continue IP expansion with things like the Universal theme parks. They're mm. going to look at new business opportunities, which I assume just means more partnerships. And uh, he didn't. Iwata did not coach him specifically about anything specific to do, but it does seem like Nintendo's just going to chug along with the Iwata legacy, so to speak. They're just going to keep doing what they've done, which is good for us as fans because you know we like Nintendo. For, in many cases, we like Nintendo for what they're currently doing, and they're just going to keep doing it with maybe some minor refinements. And in terms of how we're going to see him day to day, nothing's going to change. Uh, maybe Kimishima won't do a. Um, maybe Kimishima won't do a direct, but. They are bringing back directs, at least. So that's a pretty significant thing. Uh, IGN got word from a Nintendo rep that the Nintendo directs are coming back at some point. They have no idea what they'll cover. They have no idea when it will be or who will be in it. At least not publicly. But it's Have you had to guess if you think we're going to get one around holiday season? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'd water my mouth. Originally, I was going to say yes, but now I'm thinking no, because what are they going to tell you? Oh, yeah, you still don't get Star Fox. <laughs> For next year, I don't know. I, you know, they might do one in October to cover Amiibo Festival and give a date for Mario Tennis and hype up Xenoblade as their big holiday game. Because that's December 4th. That's close enough. It's weird. I would not be surprised if in the next couple weeks we see Xenoblade get moved from December 4th to November 20th. The old Star Fox date. They need something as a Black Friday game. That weekend. Something. I mean, I guess they have Amiibo Festival and Mario Tennis, but those do not scream must-have on Black Friday the same way that, say... Maybe they're hoping that the... The fact that it has the word amiibo in its name. Probably. Probably. Money. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. I don't know if amiibo has the same oomph that it used to. It it still does. It's I mean, sale we'll get to it in a sec, but sales are like insane for amiibo still. Well but maybe in sales less, but at least by word of mouth it feels like it's It's dying down a little. Yeah. Yeah. But um I did want to say though with the Nintendo Dragon, Nintendo's also probably gonna keep their wackiness because, you know, we've seen like that Runbow video a couple weeks ago with Reggie in it. We've seen Treehouse Live do a Mario Maker show just the other day. So I think, I think day to day, Kimishima, who's always been a background player, is just gonna keep being a background player, and Nintendo's gonna keep trucking along. But we may see possibly this is something no one's really talking about. We could possibly see better Western developer relations because Kimishima, like he was NOA's CEO, he lived in the U.S. for a long time. He dealt with Western companies that go through Nintendo America. He is still very grounded here in the States. He has family that lives out here. This was in his bio. I'm not being creepy. His daughter lives in New York City. He has a house in Redmond. He is in America all the time. Had, like When I was like, I'm going to be CEO of NOA, which, by the way, they still haven't figured out who's going to take his spot, at least not publicly. Um, when he did that, I was like, okay, so Iwata wants to try and get more involved with Western development. But here we have a president of Nintendo who was literally at the top of that food chain for, for Nintendo's America operations and knows all this stuff and probably knows all sorts of people. So hopefully that means better support from third parties here in the U.S. and maybe in Europe. 
yeah. you know, going forward. But that's something know. no one's really talking about. They're all like, oh, he's, keep, he's staying the course. It's like, yeah, but he has all this knowledge that no one else at, in that position at Nintendo has ever had. This is the first guy that has been Nintendo president that lived in the States for, like, 20 years. Taco Bell promotions. Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. Carl Jr., All-American Burger. With Mario's Crossmore. face. With Mario wearing that um, American flag costume. Oh, from Mario Golf? Sure, yeah. The, or NES Golf? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, while we're talking business, I'll keep it brief. There are sales numbers to share. Oh, no. <laughs> See, it, it's funny how we, like, that's the thing I love about this. That's what makes this random Nintendo. We can talk about games one minute and go in-depth about what we want in Pikmin, and then next minute I'm doing, like, inside baseball. We go inside baseball. Or yeah. I should say Jason Google inside baseball. Yeah, I, personally I find that interesting that, like, we're at the, like, birthing stage of the next generation of great Nintendo big names. But anyway, uh, MPD numbers. It's interesting to hear, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of it's kind of cool that, like, the guy behind Animal Crossing is being lined up to be, like, second in charge under the next Miyamoto. Like, that's... Alongside the Galaxy dude. Like, that's interesting to me. Anyway, MPD numbers. Um, so, August happened, and, of course, there were games that were sold. And here in the U.S., MPD tracks that, as everyone knows. And this past month was kind of meh for the industry. Not too great. Madden NFL 16 was the big seller. Surprise, surprise. Uh, PlayStation 4 is the biggest hardware seller. And that's about it. Due to the lack of super high-profile summer releases, there was like there's no Diablo 3 this year. There's no Last of Us sustaining its momentum for two months. So overall sales were actually down about 2% for the industry. But Nintendo fared a little better. Of note, you mentioned the Amiibo cooldown. Well, they managed to sell over 7 million of them, they announced. Whoa. August is when they passed that threshold here in the U.S. alone. And last they've said is it's 14 million worldwide. That's a couple months ago. So it's definitely higher by now. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see it keep growing. Because, you know, you got all of Wave 5 sales this month. you got the Retro 3-pack coming out this Friday. You've got uh, Yarn Yoshi's Chibi Robo Amiibo, Animal Crossing Amiibo, Amiibo Wait, cards. tomorrow? No. Um, a week. Oh. I'm talking when this airs. That this comes sense. on a Sunday. It will be on the 25th. That would still make it next Friday, so yeah. you're right either way. Yeah. But, because, uh, I mean, it's Friday in 40 I minutes. was just being hopeful. Yes, no, sorry. But, uh, and on top of that... 40 minutes? Uh, well, Tuesday for us in this I know. I know, by the time people listen to this, it'll be over, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Happy early birthday. Anyway. I could just wait 40 minutes. To do what? Say happy birthday? Yeah. I'm Moment saying in silence. case the podcast is over. Moment of 40-minute silence. No, we're not going to just have 40 minutes of dead air. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Okay, we'll see you in 40 minutes. Everyone, don't fast forward. Hey, well, no, we'll just cut it. We're yeah. back from our 40 minutes. And we're back. <laughs> Happy birthday. No, but um, what I was going to say is all that Amiibo stuff is coming out, and now there's reports of like Toys R Us getting restocks of large coins, like 80,000 villagers, 28,000 Captain Falcons. These things are going to keep selling. You're going to get your Captain Falcon. I already have it. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Uh, who everyone will get to meet pretty soon in our next episode. He's going to be our featured guest, kind of the Elvis of that episode. It is. How but dare not you. fully replaced. No How one can fully you. replace Elvis. That's why I said kind of like. You're irreplaceable. Ow. You're irreplaceable. I said kind of. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think Amiibo sales are going to keep trucking past that 7 million pretty well. And you know what's interesting? Someone actually did the math. It's like called Random Nerds. I think they stole our name. Did yeah. a, did the math, and they've discovered that if you buy every amiibo, thanks for the pity laugh. If you buy every amiibo from now until the end of 2015, or from like launch of amiibo until the end of 2015, that's 79 different figurines. It would cost you 1,066 dollars if you got them all at MSRP face value. That's including the Animal Crossing ones, right? Yeah, every amiibo is scheduled for release between uh, by the end of 2015, from when they launched last year up to that point. 79 amiibo over a thousand. I mean, I remember just. 
I was calculating just the Smash Brothers ones at retail price, counting tax, costs you like seven hundred bucks. Yeah, well, they're the vast majority. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. So I mean, but, and that includes like the Mega Yarn Yoshi. That I don't think that which makes me have like some kind of like not buyer's remorse, but kind of like like a. I mean, you're I, getting the Mega Yarn Yoshi? Probably not. Oh, I like the pose of the little one way better. The sitting looks way better than his like dopey standing. I feel like Elvis just disowned me for like the third time in this episode. Uh, but uh, but yeah yeah you realize how much you spend yeah cause I mean I'm getting all the Smash Bros ones plus I already got the Splatoon one the random Toad one and the Mario one yeah uh, it adds up it definitely adds up like a thousand bucks and I doubt I doubt many Nintendo fans are actually gonna spend the full thousand and have every single one I'm sure they're out there but I don't think the majority are uh, a good amount are yeah I guess that's true but even you know even if not everyone does Nintendo's still raking in a ton of money off that so that seven million numbers, and now you know. Now the amiibo are getting more useful. Uh, Capcom just announced that Mega Man Legacy Collection is going to be the first third-party game, excluding Shovel Knight, um, to the first major third-party publisher game to support amiibo. If you use your Mega Man amiibo in the 3DS version of Legacy Collection that comes out early next year, you will unlock ten extra challenges that are only available through the amiibo, which is the worst way to do amiibo, as we've discussed before. But it opens the door for more integration with Amiibo across more games. <laughs> it opens the door for more of these for kind more of more great unlocks. plastic wall DLC as a <laughs> like pay one. Like shovel plastic. Plastic. Yeah. But but more but the point is if you are spending a thousand dollars oh uh, <laughs> give me a fake laugh. Uh, if you are spending a thousand bucks, at least you're getting more stuff from more games as a result. So That is true. Yeah. But uh, the other big success story for Nintendo in August was Splatoon which is now top 600,000 units sold here in the U.S. alone. Uh, as I say every time we talk about Splatoon sales, it's pretty good for a new IP. I mean, obviously Mario Kart way outdid that. Smash Bros. way outdid that. But for a brand new franchise, 600,000 is pretty good. Well, that a huge... Yeah, how much did that sell? I don't know. I have no idea. How many Metal Gear sell? Well, that's a franchise... That's like... I, it it just came out. I don't know. It's you still September. Know these it's, they haven't tracked it yet. So you'll know so next month. I could tell you next month. You just have to tune in to find out of it, or just sit here some more, like you're doing. <laughs> you don't have to tune in anywhere. But uh, yeah, so for my sniveling. Yeah, people. allergies. It always happens when we record. Probably because we turn off everything. Yeah, because we need to have pristine sound quality, or well, <laughs> the best sound quality we can get with a snowball mic, which uh, is, you know, if we had the fan going, it's better than, than the that's your shameless plug-in. Apple. Snow- Wait, this Apple. It's not Apple, it's blue. Blue. It's Snowball. It's like an Apple endorsed product. Snowball mic. Get yours today for sixty nine ninety five at Amazon.com. Referral link. One, two, five, nine. No, I don't know the referral. But anyway, um, it, yeah, it's... What was I talking about? Splatoon. Splatoon. It's doing pretty well. Well enough that Disney Infinity is actually knocking it off. Which I found really funny. Did you guys see this? Why sure was it an homage? About Disney it might have been an homage. It was a Squid Wars thing. Squid oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, so yeah. funny. Oh, they deleted the tweet, so I don't think it was homage. They can't tell if it's an homage. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't know if it's an homage or a rip-off. But yeah. for those who didn't see it, because it was only up for about half a day, uh, the tweet, they put out a tweet saying, Hey, the Disney Infinity team made this fun new game for your toy box. Download it for free for, you know, the toy box. And the fact that it was called Squid Wars. It's called Squid Wars. It, it, it was an homage of Yeah, I feel like it. It's called Squid Wars. Or maybe they felt it was too on the nose, or I don't know. Well, it's super on the nose, because not only is it called Squid Wars, but the map is literally, um... Oh, uh, one of them? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's that to a T. You do the exact same thing. You run around with this paint gun, and you shoot things. You paint things. the walls, though. You paint the walls, so it's not quite the same. And... The text on the tweet, like they had an image with, grab your ink gun and paint your turf. Gee, turf war, maybe? So this, it had to be an homage. But everyone started to poke fun at it, and it was like, wow, Disney, really? And Disney actually deleted the tweet. 
I don't know if the content's still available, but they were promoting Disney Infinity using a Splatoon homage, probably without getting permission, which is probably why the tweet was deleted. Yeah, but it says a lot that the game... It would have been cool if they said something like, like oh, our, our, developers are, you know, our developers are a huge fan of a certain game. Is look what you could do with the toy box. Something. Our developers of Squid that were our Squid and Kid developers made da da da. Yeah. But yeah, they could have probably delivered it better. But even then, they're using Splatoon's word of mouth as a marketing tool for their Disney Infinity 3.0, which shows you that yeah, okay, six hundred thousand. You could argue is not what Mario Kart is, but it definitely has the mind share this summer in among gamers, and it can generate interest so much so that Disney, the biggest com- the biggest entertainment company out there, is borrowing it. Yeah. Yes. But, Did you see uh, that funny Sega tweet? Which one? They're all funny. The one that oh. they're, they're, they were responding to a dude called... What was uh. it called? Like, Group Pikachu Sex? Huh? Like that. That, that was someone's Twitter handle. It was like, oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, I don't <laughs> want to picture that ever. Like, no, it's like, oh. I'm sorry. Or I, I wish I hadn't seen your name. I wish I didn't see your name, yeah. Yeah, I wish I hadn't That's read your name. That's a while ago, though. I got added to Sega. Their so social this is an media. Official tweet is from Sega. I know their the Sonic the Hedgehog account and the Sega account. Whoever's running them, they finally realized that Sega. You know what? Our audience is not so much little kids. It's the people who grew up with Sonic, and they are totally, perfectly catering to that audience with their Twitter. That Sonic account really likes fighting with IGN and reviewers. Dude, dude, yeah, he has fun with that. Yeah, but the, the, the thing I find interesting about the Sega thing is that like. Nintendo's trying to... Nintendo knows they have the same, like, older audience on Twitter. Like, there are times Nintendo will tweet, like, hey, tell your kid to check out... Or, like, this is great for your kid. You know, like, tell your younger... Tell whoever, you know, like, they somehow section off. Like, we know this tweet's not for you, but tell someone that cares. And Sega's just like... But then... Add knuckles to the end of everything. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) yeah. Or, like, Nintendo's still trying to be, like, kid-friendly with their Twitter. Knowing it's an older audience is what I was trying to say originally. But Sega's just like, we know it's an older audience. There's yeah, no point in have, hiding it. Sometimes they no have some tasteful tweets. It like, for Mario's birthday, they just had, like, a nice picture of Mario and Sonic shaking hands on a, on a key. Yeah, yeah. But then they also had, like, Sonic going, like, oh, I um, here's the cover of a game I'm working on. And it's, like, Sonic Adventure 3. Yeah, And it just has, like, like, a crudely drawn Sonic on, on, MSS, on MS Paint. And then it says, like, like, 8 out of 10 IGN, too much water yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the, the, that account gets the internet. Nintendo sometimes they have funny like witty tweets, but most of the time it's a little, it's a little not as sad. They try and do memes, but they try and do the wrong memes. Sega does yeah, the right. Sometimes memes. they have the character take over the account. Yeah, but it's kind of cool that Sonic is just always there. Yeah, and he's just the snarkiest. You know what's funny? Like I, I mean, I guess like since we actually watched and enjoyed Sonic Boom, the yeah. show, yeah, the yeah. game, we never played the game. But I guess like since that's like the face that they use, the Sonic Boom Sonic with the scarf. Ah. Uh-huh. I don't know, like... You just hear him talking. Yeah, like, every time, um... Like, we, we play Smash Brothers once in a while, and then always picks, like, regular Sonic. Like, one of the first things I always thought to my head, like, oh, that's right, he's not wearing a scarf. Right. Like, I get so used to Scarf Sonic. Or... Uh, scarf Nah, yeah, Scarfix. Sonic Boom Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> Sonic Boom Sonic. Yeah. Speaking of which, Sonic Boom Fire and Ice, the highly anticipated 3DS game that no one remembers, uh, got delayed till next year. So <laughs> the one that asked the question with an answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, that one got delayed till next year. But um, back to the sales, real quick. We touched on software, which probably mentioned hardware. Uh, on the hardware side of things, for Nintendo in August, nothing too surprising. Uh, the 3DS they continue to pitch as having a great year to like so far this year it's doing great it's up 30 percent from the start of the year till now compared to the start of 2014 till september 2014 leaving out of course 
that that's all because it was front-loaded with the new 3DS and now nothing's probably selling. Whenever they spin it that hard, that means it's not doing so hot in the more recent months. You don't need to brag about your sales from the first half of the year if the second half is strong. Just saying. Uh, the other thing, though, is Wii U. Uh, well, they might <laughs> they might turn around the 3DS stuff, actually, with the new uh, Animal Crossing bundle next week. Next Friday, not this Friday. Next Friday, the 25th. Thank so, you. Well, you're welcome. So we'll see. But uh, Wii U, we do have leaked numbers, like a better idea. Um... According to leaked numbers, in August it sold 43,000 units, which is down 28%, so a little less than a third from last August of 2014, where it sold, according to leaked numbers, 60,000. You could blame it on Mario Kart, or Splatoon, or whatever, because Splatoon is a new IP. It is not a system mover quite as much as Mario Kart was. There's no denying that more people will buy a Wii for Mario Kart than for Splatoon. And Nintendo knows that, because they just announced a new bundle for the Wii U that it literally comes with Mario Kart 8 and all the There's DLC. so many bundles. Well, they keep phasing them out. So they have the Mario Maker one only at Walmart, and now they, they have so many bundles. And they got they rid of three. So well, see, this is the weird thing. They don't call them bundles; they call them configurations. They have updated the configuration. Don't change anything. I know. <laughs> but, they have so many but, configurations. Yeah, but my, my point is, they don't have them all in, at the same time. They rotate. But yeah, so new one, you get the game, you get all the DLC. It's the usual three hundred bucks. The bigger question in my mind is, why on earth don't they just drop the price of this thing? Like, are they, is their attitude, like, we'd rather sell fewer and make a better profit margin than risk selling more but make no money or less money? I guess less money. They wouldn't sell for no no profit. Well, it's just a weird approach. Like, well, we know everyone I mean, else like, is coming guess, down in I price. I guess if you um, subtract the price of the games, I guess it's cheaper. But, but they've I been doing these bundles for. No, I know, yeah, yeah. So really, the only thing to subtract is the DLC. So congrats, you say, what, $12? $14. $14, yeah. So you can now get your system for two eighty four, basically. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I guess their logic is they'd rather have a higher profit margin per device sold. But it's just kind of I don't know, kind of weird because like PS3 in Japan or sorry PS4 in Japan just got a price drop that basically puts that three hundred USD US mm-hmm. dollars. So if they do that here in the states, I don't know what Nintendo's gonna do. They're yeah. gonna, they're gonna have to drop the price, and maybe they will going into the holidays. Maybe this is their last hail mary before the holidays. But man, Sony's killing it. Sony is killing it. I gotta give them credit. You gotta get yourself a Sony system. A PlayStation 4. A PlayStation copyright symbol 4. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed all their stuff is always PlayStation copyright uh, symbol VR? PlayStation copyright so they can't copyright the number 4. Well, no, but my no, point no, no, is no. no one else puts a TM between... You could call it PlayStation 4 and have it be one copyright for that full name. Maybe they don't want that. They just want PlayStation. I guess, but it just looks weird when it's like PlayStation copyright VR, which is the new Project Morpheus name. Or, like, PlayStation copyright is, 20th anniversary. If you get a PS4, I'll get a PS4. Well, I'll have PS4. And then this will become the random Sony podcast, and we'll disown Nintendo forever. No. But before we disown Nintendo... Because I'll have an Nexus also. But before we disown Nintendo... Yeah, that's true. And I don't I don't play my games enough as is on a Nintendo system. Well, then, Imagine what happens when I get a well, PlayStation. Well, then you get a PS4, Maybe that's like you, could watch, you could watch us play. that void, like, wow, I actually want to play these games. Possibly. Yeah, you'll watch us play, and then we'll... I don't think I'll watch you. I never even watched Let's Play videos. No, that's it. And then we'll pass you the controller. Mm. Through Through the internet. Through the internet. Through the internet. And you'd be like, oh, can I try that that part? And you're like, yes, you can, Jason. Yes, you can. I'm not six. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm not six, but okay. But I don't have this game. You don't need it. Imagine if Nintendo did stuff like that. You can actually play this game without owning it. I think I think we just walked inside of a commercial for the PlayStation Four. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know when this occurred, but our tram ride is taking us into the depths of PlayStation. Hashtag features that went on the NX. That's a long hashtag. NX dreams. Hashtag NX dreams. 
Anyway, one last bit of news. That silence was a definite no. Uh, one last bit of news. There's actually a nice gap between our news coverage. Flash Gordon's getting a Mario Maker and, level. Hey, hey, I had a whole thing I was going to say, and you just cut me short. Yeah, they're getting a Mario Maker level. And it came out, continuing the theme of coming out of nowhere that's happened this episode. Uh, yeah, Nintendo just put up a video randomly with no warning. It's about a minute long. And it's just like, hey, check it out. Mario Maker and your Smash Bros. So, for those who haven't seen it... That's it's, slope terrain, and you can't do I know, terrain. right? That's what I was, I, uh, yes. <laughs> I have a bone to pick They have that. confirmed cat paws. Yes, uh, for those who haven't seen it... But no cat attacks or disco lights yet. Yet. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, but for those who haven't seen it, it, it's building the level lights. as you open the stage. Like, the stage opens, it builds a level at random using random components, and then you play it, and it's all four styles, and as it breaks, as you fight, it will get rebuilt by the hand or the paw or the Mario glove. A stylus will come in on the screen and everything, and I believe it will morph over time as you play. Like, as it breaks, they'll replace the pieces, but with other pieces. Yeah, so, like, Battlefield changes from day to night. It will change from, like, the Mario Brothers U style to, like, the Super Mario Brothers U yeah. style or something. Yeah, so it's it's going to be fun to play. It's going to be the most chaotic thing, but it's going to be fun. Like, there's no way it's going to be used as, like, a tourney mode, but it's going to be fun. And well, nice I mean, there's always the Omega mode. Well, true, true. Oh, man, that'd be awesome if the Omega mode actually switches between the styles. That would be pretty cool. Well, we'll find out on September 30th when it comes out. Uh, that can't be too soon. It's in two weeks. I mean, that can't be... In... I, I, I bought you... you work, I'll say the prices. You work on it. For those who don't know, it's going to be 250 to get either the Wii U or 3DS version. If you get both, it's 4 bucks even. So you get a bit of a discount that way. Say about a dollar. Actually, exactly a dollar. Well, I mean, that's basically what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, and it looks really fun. Like, I love how ridiculous it looks. Also, a nice little thing about this. I wonder thing. how the... Sorry, yeah. we're cutting you off. No, it's I, cool. I, I wonder how the... I was going to talk to someone to stop me. Omega <laughs> stage is going to look like... He literally just said no, that. No, I, I just said I hope it just has transitions. I mean, oh, okay. I mean, right. like, I'll it, accept that as a follow-up comment to his initial I mean, comment. I mean, Omega Stage is the I just way- got lucky, because I had no idea he mentioned I Omega. Know, I know, I know. But, really but I mean, he has the point, though, because like, they could go the the walled... They could either be a walled stage or a floating stage. Yeah. Which is... Which makes a pretty big difference sometimes. Missions are walled. No, the ones that just have, like, the walls Oh, you down. mean box or levitating. Oh, okay. Yeah, or levitating. I think the bigger question is, never mind the Omega... Is there more DLC besides this? It's very weird just like September has. 30th there's one stage. Usually sure they do bundles or they you know do packages. Funny, it, it kind of begs the question like if they're doing this for Mario Maker why didn't they just wait for the Yoshi Woolly World stage? Because Woolly World was supposed to come out very shortly after Smash originally. Oh. I mean Japan came out in June. I mean sorry in Europe it came out in June. Which I know is still six months later but originally <laughs> it was going to be like early 2016. Do you remember when they said last year, like, yeah, so it's going to be this great holiday lineup of Smash Bros. And then in 2015, in the first three months, in, like, Q1, you're going to get Yoshi and Kirby and some other stuff. And all we got was Kirby. <laughs> so, so, um, point is, it was supposed to be very close. But, uh, it's, I mean, and doing it like this, though, is a good cross-marketing thing. Because, you know, Smash yeah. players now might somehow have missed Mario Maker and now are aware. Uh, Mario Maker... Fans now that they're just Smash Bros. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm curious if they're gonna keep doing. I love Mario story. Maker, but this Smash Bros. thing is interesting. You know, it, you know what's more for it's if like if a parent got their kid Mario, like the Mario Maker bundle at Walmart, and the kid's playing it, and then he goes to the eShop, and there's a big banner saying "Love Mario Maker." It's in Smash Bros. too, and the kid's like, "I could oh, hey. Smash- Little Timmy's like, "Oh stages? hey, like, yeah, you actually can." You know, it's fine because one someone I know asked me. Um, How's this better than custom stages in Brawl? I hated those. I'm like, well, it's not custom. <laughs> so that's how it's better. But, um, 
Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see if they do this for other games. Imagine Xeno. You know, oh, they already have a Xenoblade stage. Imagine a Devil Devil's Third stage. I thought oh. it was gonna be Chronicles X stage though. That's true. It's Devil's Third. Devil's Third. Oh, Amiibo Festival. Just take the current. You know how they have two. Identical? It would be nice to have an Animal Crossing stage that doesn't look like. Town. Well, see, no, see, my idea is they're gonna keep the. You know how they have the two identical Animal Crossing stages, town and country or whatever it's town, called. Town and city. <laughs> Everyone calls it town and country. Because <laughs> that's the name of a thing. It's a company. Yeah, so, you know, they have town and country and, sit and city. Town and city. Uh, whatever. They have the two. And Smashville. You know the third one is totally going to be the exact same thing, but instead of villagers, it's going to be Amiibo. So it's just going to be flying over Amiibo board games and have little Amiibo characters. Uh, it's going to be the exact same. Three stages, all identical, but one you have to pay real money for. I guarantee it. Probably not. I mean, uh, as long as it looks nice, I feel like yeah. it wouldn't bother me as much as the... Uh... Well, first they need to announce it. That's the first thing. <laughs> like, we're yeah. acting like this is a real thing. Um, maybe they'll do a Star Fox Zero stage. It'll yeah. just be empty blackness until 2016. But um, that was kind of a dumb joke. Anyway, let's transition away from my horrible humor. Uh, that's it for news. Mario Maker. We're all playing it. Super Mario Maker. It's the. It's apparently the don't big mean, game. Don't we're playing it. I've been playing it. I haven't been creating. I've been playing. But I guess it's the. You could argue it's the big holiday game now. And it's already out. I've made a level that Fucker. has been attempted like almost two hundred times, and no one has passed. I want to be clear. I like eighty-five percent of those attempts are me, and I still haven't beaten it. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know why I'm bragging like it's a good thing. Like, <laughs> I've beaten your level. I'm so bad at video games. You know, you were no one bragging, admitted halfway you were, through. You weren't bragging. You were uh, demoralizing. I was <laughs> dehumanizing myself. I no, because no, like, 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 no one's played your level. Oh, all these oh, attempts were yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's true though. It <laughs> so mean. Well, so no, mean. he has a count of how many different people have played it too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so so mean. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to undermine my. But but we should probably talk about a higher level than just. I wonder if you made a flat stage. What? I'm sure like those people tried it more than because I mean on average, wow. I mean on average it would be like if each person tried it like maybe twenty, no like about a little over ten times each. Triple that and you're at what well, I tried. Yeah. Maybe quadruple. But but it's definitely the kind of thing I could see people giving up early. It's literally just Flappy Bird, but I made it a like yeah, it's like Flappy Bird. You touch anything, you die. Yeah, you had the code. You could like send. We tweeted the code for those who follow oh, no, Ram no, no. Nintendo on Twitter. Scroll down. Go to Twitter. Oh, we we'll just posted at the post and scroll down. We could include it. Yeah, we'll yeah. put it on the blog post. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you beat it. Well, I guess we'll know. Also, both Jose and I have tweeted it independently as well. Basically, if you follow us on Twitter whatsoever, any of us except Elvis, because uh, <laughs> he didn't tweet it, uh, you can find it if you scroll through our tweets. Yep. Or I could just read it out loud right now and everyone gets scramble for pen and paper, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh no, I can't pause the podcast. I need to do it now. Uh, yeah, but we should probably talk about like actually what Mario Maker is. Like, have you later. seen the, the splurges? The slurges? Of, is you that the right term? You could say the word. No, it's not. I don't know what you're trying to say. And like a big mess of things coming the surge, the splur, the, the surge, the surge, the surge of yeah. like mated levels. YouTube only YouTube made levels, essentially oh. like like messages. Yeah. yeah the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I have a bone to pick. Let's. We should probably like, divide these. They, they're cool. Well, I, I, they're, they're cool that they're made, but they're they're definitely only work as YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah, because there's levels that like are automated where there's a bunch. All right, there, there, all right. I have a whole bone to pick. And there was a narrator right. like, so explaining like, the whole level. Like that, definitely, you only get that effect on YouTube. Yeah, you can't or like that saying level. extra music to it that went normally. Yeah, but yeah. you definitely can't. Yeah, like, like the guy saying his wife left him. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, like if you thought if you played it yourself, it wouldn't be as impactful. Just be like, oh, okay, just another one of those. 
But there's like there's a few different categories. There's those music levels where you just run and music appears. Yeah. There's automated levels where you literally do nothing. Some, some of which are cool. Some are some better than others. Yeah. There's troll levels where they just make the level as impossibly hard as Hate possible. Those. Yeah, like they're, even, like, like they're not they're even, not even fun. Not even really yeah. creative. It's not they're, even like challenging. Is that you just you just don't just, know the level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a level of memorizing. It's a memorization mm-hmm. level, which I don't know. It's kind of lazy, but I, I think you could make a troll level that's both. I don't know. I want to see a troll level that's really creative, and if I don't see it in a month, I'm gonna try to create. You're gonna smash your Wii by throwing most, it off. No, 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 no. I'm gonna create the most challenging and creative troll level I can possibly think of. One that you won't feel bad for dying, but you'll still get really frustrated. So like, your Flappy Bird stage, you already made it. I could get more creative <laughs> than that. I mean, yeah, just I'm just a Flappy Bird. I'm sure you could. But, um, and then there's just regular level that, sure. like, Fun. Yeah, just kind of, like, all and, the, and all here's that. And here's the thing, is I am not a very creative person, so I've mostly been going through these different type of levels. And the problem is, with, like, the automated ones, like, some automated ones are cool. There's, like, a cool Mario Kart one, where it's, like, you just run right. There's a lot of, like, Press right and oh, yeah, the Mario Kart where you race the show. Yeah, it's like press right and run. And some of them, like the Mario Kart one, is really good. But the problem is, these levels, the way the ranking system works, is these obviously move up the rankings of being popular and featured and whatnot. And that just becomes like a perpetual machine of people trying to make their own versions of those. And then those rise up because it's like, it's like anything where there's like trends. It's only been out for a week, but there's already like trends of levels. So like right now, if you choose, to, if you try and find levels just browsing the popular stuff or the featured stuff. It's like all the same type of level. The only real way I found that's yeah, actually that you get a sampling is if you do the hundred Mario, uh, the hundred Mario challenge, which I actually love because it's basically an endless shuffle mode. Have you done the expert one? Not yet. I'm doing normal still. Or hard? Or yeah, I've, I've done. I'm, I'm doing normal primarily. Right. At this this is why I love that because it's a shuffle. It's yeah, never no, the same thing. That's why it's not just a shuffle, but it loads instantly, which is great. Uh, you never have to really like wait for a download of a level. And, and if you get a dumb level, you could just swipe it away. Yeah, you swipe it away in like a very which we didn't learn until it's basically too late. Oh, they tell you that the first time you play it. Well, anyway, my point is like, as someone who isn't being super creative with levels and not using many of those tools yet, I found my money's worth in just that shuffle mode. It's like if I have like ten minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do like twenty random Mario levels. Sure. If you don't want to wait for or sixteen, your I guess tools, would, actually. you could. If you don't want to wait for your tools, like the next day, you yeah. could just use all the new ones. Just, like, put them in We should talk about the that, game actually. Pad. Because Nintendo... We had a whole thing on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Nintendo's limiting how many tools you unlock a day. It takes nine days. And then two days before the game comes out, they're like, just kidding, 15-minute unlock. I mean, you kind of speed it up, but you still have to wait a little bit. Not a whole day anymore. It's like 15 minutes or something. So, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, which which greatly... I think technically it's 15. Like, as long as you use all the new items and stay More. creating for, like, five minutes or yeah. something, you get your new badge. Right, right. Instead of waiting a day, which yeah. goes against Nintendo's, like, Getting you to use your system every day philosophy, but it's a much better system. I just still set to wait a day. What? I think. Have they, you updated your software? You yeah, update no, no, yeah. One point oh one. They don't let you play it unless you do. Oh. Um, you have to. I think they ask in the beginning if you want to keep it. They didn't ask me. I don't know, but like for whatever reason, like it tells you, like oh, this is available tomorrow, or like oh, tomorrow is going to be the the water section. That's weird. Yeah, it's supposed to be every fifteen. Well, either way. Um, yeah, I think, even, I was just trying to say that as someone who has yet to really... I've messed with the creator, but I haven't made anything that I'm actually proud of. Um, it, I'm still finding the game to be really good, just with the shuffle and just discovering different stuff. And the way you can browse levels and sort levels, ignoring the fact that it's overly it's overly flooded with uh, automated levels right now and troll levels, 
the fa- the browsing system, the the star system, everything about it just feels very un Nintendo because it's so well done and so like internet modern internet feeling. It, the whole game kind of feels like a smartphone app. The way they handle everything, like the menu system is very like modern and fresh and flat looking. Like the the menu to navigate between different modes in the game, you slide in like a hamburger menu thing, like you know the little three line menu icon on a smartphone app. Oh, when you hamburger! Sl- yeah, they're called this hamburger button. Uh, I would know my company does at the moment. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, just to brag a little. Uh, the like even when you're browsing like the course world, which is the online thing, it's just like these little you pull up and down these little different menu options and stuff. The one thing they need to fix is they need to allow for you to see your friends list and auto. I know, I don't see people. why you don't have like a friends list and just say, Oh, here are my friends levels. Yeah. That's it's it. like or even just import your Wii U friend list to automatically be followed. Like when you sign up for Twitter and they call your email contacts as like auto follow. Just do that, Nintendo. I'm sure they want an update, but it's the weirdest thing. Because it, like, actually took me a while to find you, because I had to wait for you to post a level. You. You know, like, some, <laughs> some, 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 I can't, rec- I think Call of Duty, I'm not sure. It's whatever games that, uh, when you go online, you check, like, there's still, when you, when you see who's online. Yeah. In-game, there's a section that says, like, friends. <laughs> right. And then even if they don't have the game, it still shows, like, your That's whole list of friends. And Smash Bros. And Mario Kart. Oh, yeah, sure, they're holding through it even if they don't have the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay, so they yeah, all do it. Yeah. Do I don't that. know why Mario Maker did it. It might just be an oversight, a really weird oversight. But I do love the UI, and I also really like the game's personality. Again, as someone who's more played it than built in it. Like, well, first of all, that manual they put in there, that digital manual, is like the most fancy manual, fanciest manual I've ever seen. Like, first of all, Mario uh. is your tour guide. Which is yes. the worst? That's worse than any of the bad jokes we made on this episode, I think. But uh, the manual's like it's it's really useful. It's well written. It has like weird jokes and like advice on like day to day life and like how to make Brussels sprouts or something like that. Like it's super random, which is funny. And that kind of reflects the whole game. Like, have you had the weird death happen? Like you're playing a level, you die, and then this happened to me. I'm just, oh, this yeah, is yeah, literally yeah. what happened. I died on your Flappy Bird stage, Jose. Angel. And Angel and. Uh, so I die, it does a little death thing, it shows the X where you died, and then, instead of playing the death music, it does, like, Mario falling, you hear a thud, you hear him go, like, hello? And then you hear, like, a little pitter-patter, like, him walking back and forth, then you hear him start running up a staircase, open a door, close the door, say hello again, and then out of nowhere, a lady goes, Super Mario Maker. And that just plays a normal death sound, like, that did not just happen. Never (laughs) explains it. Never says why. It just... Is and I feel like a lot of this game and its randomness just is, which is great because it, it kind of channels Mario Paint, which did the same thing, and that makes sense because uh, Takata yeah, or Kazuka, I mean, yeah, go make go a long way to make a level. Oh yeah, the custom sound effects yeah. too, or like the rave that you've referenced a couple times this episode. But uh, it, it all makes sense because Tezuka, who produced the game, I've, I'm blanking on his first name, but he's like the guy in all the videos from the Amado sitting next to him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I just show respect to him, okay? Uh, he was saying at the Mario 30th event, the 30th anniversary event in Japan, he was saying that this game actually started as Mario Paint 2. And then Miyamoto said, challenge him to go bigger. So he's like, fine, build levels, whatever. So um, <laughs> so that's why so much of it is very, Mar- very Mario Paint-esque and why so much of it is like that ridiculous and random and crazy and they you know they have a lot of the same menus and stuff because it was originally mario paint but mm. but yeah so that, that that's that's my couple cents on at least playing it oh i one more thing i want to say oh, i yeah. also like the miiverse integration a lot 
that you know it shows where other people died. The comments show up mm. on screen. It, Sometimes it gets God, flooded. you can turn off the comments. Sometimes I like, like having it on one screen. You see more comments than level. See, that's what you can do. I don't know if you noticed. No, yeah, you yeah. can do it on one screen, not the other. So since they're mirroring the screen, I have comments on the gamepad and then play on the TV, and I can just glance down and see it, which is kind of nice. But and I just like like I'm a social media junkie, so I like having that little aspect of it. No, it's cool, but yeah, it's nice it's not like a game changer, but it's definitely something you definitely want to move right away. Yeah, and not have on both screens, but. But yeah, so, I mean, you guys have definitely dove deeper into the building tools. I've unlocked some stuff. I'm I mean, there here. isn't too much to say about it, except it's just snappy, fast. Um, I feel like you can't really... I don't know, like, I have, like, ideas on levels I want to make, but I can't really do anything until everything is unlocked. Right. And the, I, I'm only missing one thing. I'm just missing pages. But see, couldn't you argue that, like, in the same way that Twitter's character limit and Instagram's former square restriction forced you to be creative within certain confined... certain restrictions, when not having everything for no, you to because, Yeah, but then you're because, because, by... Because I, cause I already have... That's spe- not true. I mean, think... Not like, no, no, no. You're because, forced, because, but you're not forced. Because I already have a specific idea of what I want to do. That's what I'm saying. And what I want to do isn't even achievable without those two sentiments. But, yeah, but you also may have a specific idea for a tweet that's four hundred, that's 250 characters, and then you whittle it down to 140, and it actually ends up being a better tweet. Or you just come up with something new while you wait. Like... To me, I don't know. I get what you're saying. Like, you have an idea. I, like, I have a level that's revolved around going through different zones, but, but I can't mean, even make zones. Yet. I know, but that doesn't mean you can't come up with something within the restrictions they give you. You have. You've done some cool levels. You yeah, can... because I made different... I'm just saying that I can't make all the levels oh, I yeah, want yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying like, no, you it, it, that you can't make a... Because you were making it sound like, like, oh, well, you want to make a level with pages? We'll just figure out a different way to do it. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, restrictions. It's like, it's, it's like saying, like, oh, my level like, literally requires pipes, but you're saying, but I don't have pipes. You're like, oh, well, you could still do something. Uh, well, it's like, no, I, I can't. Mean, okay, I should rephrase. I didn't mean you could do something. Be creative. I didn't mean... Yeah, but I needed I did, I, know, I, know, I, I didn't mean be creative with the exact same... I, like, I didn't I didn't mean retrofit the idea. I meant maybe the restriction leads to new ideas. If that makes sense. Because you yet. may say, I want to do this cool level that's, like, five different pages. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then in the interim, you might be like, well, you know what's cool is I realized that since I have this much space, I can do this out the next thing. I, I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Because that's, that's actually something I find really interesting about. No, no, I mean, that's exactly what I said when we were arguing to the point that the that the nine-day limit isn't even a big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's where I got it from you. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I said, like, oh, I mean... It's then you have to wait anyway, just play with those tools, yeah. you'll master them, you'll figure something out as you're going along, like, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, honestly, like, just weird little tangent, but that's something I'm, I'm just saying that, like, I'm just saying that I already have these types of levels that I really want to yeah. work on, but and I don't have, but I don't have the things to make them. Right, right, at least not yet. Well, the but, one thing. But yeah, a little tangent, but that actually drives me crazy about Instagram, is that they took off the square restriction, you can do photos in portrait, landscape, whatever, and I feel like part of Instagram's charm was, like, everyone had the same-looking photo. They all flowed very nicely, and you kind of had to work within those confines. And now they're like, oh, well, we don't care anymore. I don't know. I, I know that has nothing to do with anything. It's just kind of a weird thing. And I feel like Mario makes it. a nice parallel. Yeah, yeah. But, I uh, can't relate. What? I can't relate. I know. Well, you could get Instagram. You have an iPad. You just chose not to. Yeah. Yeah. Boys toys. That's going to be its Instagram handle, folks. Only toy pictures. You should probably try to claim it. Yeah, you should probably like make sure it's not like I just make a the sex account. toy account right now <laughs> before we send our listeners to it. Only high-end posable figures. M- often of video game characters. Yes. Yes. Anyway, I don't um, know. I mean, that guy. Well, 
I guess, I guess he's not. Really. He's, he beat him. That is the video game one, but I mean... He's pointing Batman, for those who can't see. <laughs> Arkham City, Hot yeah. Toys, Batman. Yeah. Retailing for $225. Um, oh, it's not as bad as my blue snowball plug. But I mean, we're also going to get... <laughs> actually, most of our high three aren't even video game characters. Cause we're That's getting, true. Because we're getting the four... Um, Comic book turtles, the four 2013 Ninja Turtles, yes, those from the movie, the live action movie. Uh-huh. Um, we're, also getting, we're also getting a Walter White <laughs> and a Chappie. Right. All six scale. Right. Only one of them from a video game. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, but back to Mario Maker. It's true. Don't, don't, don't make my Instagram about video games. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Most of our figments are from video games, though. True. Back to Mario Maker. <laughs> I was going to say that, um, kind of on topic of restrictions, I was actually reading some interesting stuff about Mario Maker as it was leading up to la- the launch from different press outlets. And a lot of them were... Like, it's interesting to see there's, like, this weird thing going on where half the people, half the journalists are like, you know what? Like, everyone's making levels that aren't in the spirit of Mario. They shouldn't do that. And the other half of the journalists are like, it's all about freedom. Oh. Which do you guys prefer? Like, going into Mario Maker... That's not an answer. Going into <laughs> Mario Maker, if you had to choose between, like, you want Mario levels or you want, like, crazy creativity. Because uh, right now we're almost I like both. Yeah. I mean, I do appreciate the levels that actually feel like real levels. Yeah. But then, I don't know, then there's also, like, there's, like, a threshold. Like, when it gets a little too crazy, it just kind of feels like people just, like, randomly slap things on and just feels uncreative. It just feels lazy. You know what? You make it hard just for the sake of being hard. Yeah. For me, it almost feels like, and this is fitting given that Facebook and Nintendo did the team up for Mario Maker, it almost feels like Mario Maker's in a weird hackathon stage right now, where basically they're telling people, go break stuff. Like, Facebook's motto is, uh, go, like, move fast, break stuff. And it feels like that's, we're in, like, the beginning we're in that stage of mario maker where they're still trying people are still trying to figure out what works what doesn't work it's weird how much it parallels developing your own video game like obviously you're building your own stage but like the amount of like you need to kind of see what boundaries you can push what works what doesn't work it's like we're all playing prototypes of some indie developers games and then over time they're gonna people are gonna start whittling it down and make really really good levels of course some people are better at it from the start than others some people will never have the skill but I feel like right now we're at the like smorgasbord of like craziness stage, and it's gonna start honing in, and the, the charts are gonna change. Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. It's, a it means Jewish a lot. Thing? No, it's just a term uh, of like a lot of oh. food on one thing. <laughs> oh. I don't think it's a Jewish thing, but I'm Jewish, so it can be. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it, it's weird that we're in, like everything's kind of honing in. And eventually, Every podcast, I learned something. Something new. new. Yeah, so, a new you're little, welcome. A new little saying. You're from welcome. You. You're welcome. It's called the English language. <laughs> Although I think Smorgasbord is not English, but um, <laughs> I might be wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of interesting to me that like we're in like we're gonna hit a point where the popular chart, the featured chart, are actually gonna be really crazy, creative, and interesting and fun levels, not just like automated run forward or like too hard to play and not worth it. Minutes my birthday. That is true, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see where Mario Maker I feel like Mario Maker's a game that like we almost need to revisit on the podcast in like six months. Because the levels that we're going to be playing are going to be so different from what we're playing now that it really does mirror game development where things just kind of evolve and shift. I agree. But, but yeah, it'll, time, it'll, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Um, I mean, people like aren't even making side scores sometimes. Sometimes they're just like replicating other styles of gaming. Yeah, and there's also cr- cr- uh, like clever references. Or, I mean, some are better than others, but I've seen references to Sonic Good levels, birthday. Zelda levels. Happy uh, yes, birthday Happy Birthday! To We're gonna do a whole song. It's not even airing on happy his birthday. Happy Birthday to him. you. That's me. 
I'm clapping. You're such a good friend, Jason. Happy birthday, dear angel. Happy birthday to you. Happy. Thank you. Why did you say thank you? I said okay. <laughs> you said thank you. No. It's like, it's not your birthday, Elvis. But uh, you know what's funny is at the start of the podcast, I wrote on my laptop this huge Say. happy birthday angel. And then and then oh. I didn't get to use it because he started singing, which is why I was like, I'm not going to sing because I'm going to spin around my thing I wrote an hour ago. But oh, I guess oh. not. If I thought that counts. Yep. Anyway. um White. It's true. Uh, anyway, uh, was there anything else you guys want to say about Mario Maker? The only other thing I want to touch on was that cool art book that I came with. Ew. What the, the art book was... I wish it was hardcover like Europe. I don't know. It's like... Europe always gets... Better stuff. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why is that, Jason? Because NOE likes... Nintendo of Europe is making up for many, many years of abuse of their fans. Basically. Like... What? What abuse... Like, not getting anything, getting games, like, five years later. Okay, maybe not mm. that bad, but it is bad. Mm. I don't know, like, it's just... I don't know, right now it's just, like, a toolbox, and it feels like... Like, well, it is, like, fun and easy. That's, I feel like that's all we can really say oh, right now. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. all we can really say right now, just because the game is still relatively new. Europe isn't bad. I mean, it's only... Oh, we have two different topics right now. It's so confused. <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean, you're putting a random into random time today. <laughs> I mean, like, it's only a week old. Like, I feel like we've already, like, scratched the surface. It's true. Yeah, it's one of those games that, like, you're right. It's like a toolbox, and it's one of those things that over time... That's why I said we need to revisit this. Yeah, that's, that's like, like, the most I could just say right now is, like, it's just really fun, and you should give it a try, but... I think every Wii yeah. U owner should get this game, because this... It doesn't use asymmetric gameplay. It doesn't really use the dual set. But this is probably one of the best use cases of why the gamepad is a thing that the Wii U needs. Yeah. Because you can. There's no way this works with a normal controller. No way. Like Little Big Planet kind of does it, but like the amount of precision. And I wish this is a great multiplayer game. Just like passing the controller, controller between around. my brother and I when we're doing the 100 mile challenge. That was yeah. Fun. And even but even little yeah. And I was just going back to the touchscreen thing. Even little things like to swap the enemy type you shake them with the stylus and their little feet kick until they change like little things like that like you can't I wish have it was a faster same. way to change it it is a little slow but <laughs> you can't have that like visceral yeah. way of doing things I mean, it's not, it's not like a deal breaker it only takes like a few seconds but yeah yeah yeah. you're interacting you're interacting with the world and it's interacting back so is Europe a bunch of brown noses or is he there? are they brown nosing no I think Europe just became a big enough market that Nintendo's like oh maybe we should actually care because it's much smaller in the like '90s and early 2000s in terms of game sales, but now it's getting bigger. But, uh, but yeah, so I think overall we'd probably recommend Mario Maker, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely it's one of the things that like definitely. you can't. It's definitely been more one of the, one yeah, of the better yeah. Wii U games. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, and it's 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 fitting for the 30th anniversary. I feel like because it's really it sums up everything. I mean, it kind of like part for the course for like. The big Mario game, like this, this is like a big Mario game that's yeah. coming out, and it is essentially like no other Mario game you've played before. Like even if you've played like two D Mario games, like it does kind of like change the rules a bit, a bit, a lot, <laughs> significantly. One thing worth noting though is the levels that it comes bundled with are not as cool as what we played at Comic Con and E three. Those are actual levels. These, these are, are like, like samples. these are showcases of yeah. like oh you just unlocked um, track. So here's like a ten second level. That uses tracks. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule. There are levels hidden throughout the art book that it comes with that have little keys you can use to unlock that do have some more depth to them. Those keys can also unlock a video of Koji Kondo playing the Mario theme on oh. piano. But, and not only that, but they're going to do DLC stuff, so to speak. Not direct DLC, but they will be po- Nintendo will be posting their own levels. The Nintendo World Championship levels are in there. Um, Miyamoto says he's going to post his own level onto the uh, course world. So... This is another thing that's like we have the toolbox now. We need to see what comes out of it. 
as yeah. time goes on. But yeah, I would highly recommend um, Mario Maker for anyone that was a Wii U. Any Mario fan, really. Like, it's really cool. Even if you're like me and aren't creating a lot, it's really cool to, like, see other people's stuff when it's good. And when it's bad, to see where they went wrong. No. But, uh, no, not cool no, for that. Just the good one. Even on, even on the shuffle mode, I have yet to skip a level. I'm just like, you know what? If it's bad, I want to see, like, we definitely the few levels of like, Mario, so. I mean, we don't skip them, because, like, by the time we realize that they're bad, it's like, we already beat it, and it's like, right. that was it. I will say, though, that swiping to move levels on the gamepad is, like, the cleverest. It feels very high life, though. Not mine. I've never had luck. No, no you use a life. Oh, I thought you, you said lag. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But it's a really, it's a really, it's, I misheard you, I'm sorry. It's a really, um, it's a really nice feeling swoosh to do. Anyway, so that does it for this episode of Ramtel Podcast, I guess. Um, happy birthday, Angel. It's fine, because when this goes live, it'll be not his birthday anymore. Yeah, but now the fans get a feel for... We better do something for my birthday when it rolls around on the podcast. I already have your gifts aligned for next birthday and next birthday. Oh, well, I need to step it up. All right. <laughs> so thanks to everyone who listened to this exceedingly random episode of Roundtown Podcast. Um, uh, we will be back in two weeks on Sunday, October 4th, with our with our next episode, which is a little different than normal. We're going a bit broader with topics. Um, mm. We're going to talk about Nintendo's reliance on nostalgia. We're going to talk about what the NX needs to have to be like a serious competitor. And I'm going to be up front with you guys. It's going to be pre-recorded pretty far in advance because I'm going to be in Europe, which means we're going to be talking about Star Fox as a fall release, which obviously it no longer is. So, we'll just bear with it, okay? The conversation is not time sensitive. It's still going to be cool. It's still a full episode. It's kind of risky. Like, we is, didn't know they were going to delay Star Fox. Who didn't listen to this podcast? Oh, we're going to put a disclaimer on that one, too. Listen, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just giving people that listen regularly a heads up. We recorded it already. It's I, I'm actually, I actually really like the episode, but it's... It's definitely, like, missing the Star Fox delay news. So so keep an eye out for that. It's coming October 4th. Easiest way to make sure you don't miss it, of course, is subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. And follow us on Twitter, at Ram Nintendo, where we also will tweet out all sorts of other stuff. You know, we have VidBits coming back at some point. Forget that. More contests in the future. All sorts of goodies. So definitely follow us. Um, you can also follow us individually if you want to hear our thoughts on things. I'm JSR7. Angel, birthday boy, is uh, Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Elvis is Drake, thanks for confirming. Elvis is Drake Redcrest, which is how it sounds. And uh, that's also all, that's also their two Meverse handles, if you want a friend or follow them there, or follow them on uh, Mario Maker now. And I am Jason R. on Meverse, and I have no Mario Maker stages yet, but one day, one day, that will change. Ten second level. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally just run, just walk right. It's completely flat, and there's one gap you have to jump over, and it's gonna be the hardest. It's, it's gonna like be modern hard, but yeah, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a free runner. It's just you, you run endlessly. But anyway, so that does it for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you for an episode that we recorded in the past, but will air in the future in two weeks' time. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Wait, yeah. No. Yeah, it does. It does. We're already recording. Okay. So that's what that was. And on that note. Yeah.